Again. Again. Let's <laughs> all. Let's all sing another song. Let's stretch these summer nights out extra long. Let's set fire to a building we don't like. And watch the glow, enjoy the orange light. Cause we all are gonna die someday alone. Cause we all are gonna die someday alone. And we are recording. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Garrett Schalke Podcast. I am your host, your boy, Garrett Schalke. And uh, today, we have a very special guest on today's podcast. And I must say, good sir, is an honor. The person we have on today is, uh, well, just, I was just going to say, he's one of the greatest shock jocks of all time. He, uh... He is one of the hosts of the, of the Opie and Anthony show. He has his own company now called Compound Media. And uh, I have to say, not only is it an honor, but it's also a surprise to have you on because uh, you had a triple bypass surgery earlier this month and are currently still in the hospital. Uh, folks, it's Anthony Cumia. The state of our country is currently ridiculous. Thank you, Anthony. I'm glad that, you know... I'm glad to see that kind of pretty much dying in the hospital hasn't uh, dampened your spirit. Have you seen the kind of abhorrent behavior that passes as civility these days, Garrett? I have. This is the best Anthony Kumia I got. I have. I have. And uh, You really but, put me on the spot with but that. I have, but you know what's even worse, though, Anthony? Hmm. Putting fucking Gavin McGinnis on as your replacement while you're dying in a hospital. Remind me who that is. I, fr- I know that I know that name. <laughs> okay. Okay, you know what? Is that the Australian comic? No, no that's Jim Jeffries. Okay, thank you for okay. knowing exactly who I meant. Though. All, right. <laughs> All right, well, the illusion has been shattered, folks. <laughs> Anthony Cumia is not here. It's actually the ever lovable Zach Elmblad. Yeah, Anthony Cumia is too fucking racist for me to really agree with these days. Oh, yeah. Can't well, really uh, have that. <laughs> well, we got some good news. and uh, Because... <laughs> Because once again, uh, Shocktober, the podcast about shock jocks that Murder Brian, Brian Quimby does every year, mm-hmm. is back. And uh, it's probably my favorite podcast of his. Uh, actually, hold on. Let me turn down the volume on this thing. Mm. Blow my eardrums out. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, um, yeah, it's back. And uh, they're doing shows like they've done one on The Grease Man, obviously. The Grease Man. Yeah, and uh, they did one on Howard Stern again. Mm-hmm. And the recent one, of course, they did another Bob and Tom episode. Okay. But during all this, they're uh, talking about how uh, Anthony Cumia has been hospital- hospitalized since, like, the beginning of this month, I think. Okay. I didn't know this, actually. Yep. This is news to me. Yep, and uh, we got here a, a photo of him in the hospital. I like ha- I, there he is. Good lord, looking as <laughs> greasy as usual. 
Like, I just happened to like side eye as you were scrolling down, and like for two seconds, I thought I was about to see some fucking porno. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just like the skin tones in the background, or or whatever, whatever it was. You're scrolling through pictures of fucking Anthony and Compound Media and shit, but I just <sighs> for some reason thought we were looking at porno. I mean, and I, was I mean, like, we kind of are. Am I? I, I mean, we kind of are am I with fucking, Compound Media. <laughs> right, I mean, I guess. Yeah. I haven't actually watched any compound media since probably like the first year after he left Opie and Anthony or got fired or however that worked. Well, you're not missing much. It's just a bunch of rape. It's just a bunch of racist garbage. Cause, yeah. Cause and hot like, tubs and young girls and fucking alcohol. Yeah. And yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. Cause he's a 62 year old guy. Uh, he's a raging alcoholic has been yeah. for decades now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I guess it finally came back to haunt him. Cause, uh, I guess maybe he had a heart attack and got hospitalized, had a triple bypass surgery. Still there. There he is, just chilling out in the hospital bed. Oh, and uh, I guess during among his many tweets, he announced that it was the first time he ever had dr- blood drawn from a white nurse. Oh, God. This is very important to him. So, uh, Good Lord, that's so, disgusting. Uh, the man's gross. Yeah, he, he kind of looks like. You know it, what's fucking crazy to me is that Jim Norton came out of that situation looking the best. I oh. just don't know how that's fucking possible. Dude. Oh, he got married recently. <coughs> what? Oh, you all right? It's just the the rip on the <laughs> dab pen is all. <coughs> fucking Jim Norton got married. Good for him. Yeah, the, the woman is both taller than him and has bigger hands than him. Good. They, they noted that extensively. <laughs> Good for them. <laughs> yeah. So, still, so he's got a, a happy relationship. Neither one of them do. I mean, I know Opie's got the kids, but I can't imagine that guy <laughs> being happy ever. Yeah. Oh, that's an old one. Anthony Kumi announces hiatus from web talk show hints at rehab. I think that's an old one, hmm. but yeah, like everyone's been talking about it in the shock jock world. Opie even gave it thoughts on it, which is pretty much like, yeah, you know, we had our problems, but you know, we worked together for years and I wish him well. And God's like, God, they hate each other. So they do. Much. They do. Because you know, the like behind camera, when he heard that, he's like, why didn't he just fucking die? <laughs> like, in fact, like Opie has so many like pay, like you have to be a paid subscriber to read his his tweets or whatever they're oh, called God. now. And I bet you that that's got to be at least one of them. Why couldn't he have just fucking died? <laughs> God, have you ever watched like his live streams on YouTube? <laughs> so, very rarely, man. I will be honest. I can't stand the guy. Oh, I can't. Oh, yeah. you know, I can't sit for more than maybe 30 or 40 seconds of him. And to be frank, same with Kumia, because whatever it was that that legendary chemistry that they had in 2008 when the world was a completely different place and humor was a completely different thing, like it it was great entertainment. Like like I got exposed to Opie and Anthony Kenny fucking record he DVR'd Opie and Anthony episodes from Direct TV when um, oh, Kenny, ex, you're yeah, talking, yeah, you're talking yeah, about yeah. your former my, bandmate. My former oh, bandmate and oh roommate, I was thinking yeah. Club Soda, Kenny. No, 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 no. Kenny, so the very first 12 episodes of Opie and Anthony that they released on DirecTV, 
when they launched their XM show because XM was like a part like as part of a package during that time if you had direct TV you also had access in the TV to like certain XM channels and so at that time he was like I heard this hilarious talk show dude and I DVR'd it and I'm just gonna set the DVR to record it every time it comes on because it was legitimately funny as fuck so I have had who knows where they are now but we had like the first maybe 12 or, or 15 episodes of ONA on DVDs that we would listen to on our PlayStation 2 <laughs> when we nice. were like in the house right so like that's what I had that's is, is like and it was like one or two of them had Patrice O'Neill and one or two of them had Bill Burr and one or two of them had Joe Rogan oh. and one of one or two of them had Jim Norton and like it, it was just we could quote the entire four hour episodes just like because we listened to them a hundred times each. Oh. They were fucking hilarious. But then go <clears throat> five years down the line, for about a year, we, we had purchased uh, uh, an, a Sirius XM after the merger subscription. And then we would keep the virus playing in, in the house because we actually had like the little module that you would set on top of the stereo system and plug into your component stereo instead of having it like through the DVR or through a car or something. And, um, like it was way back in the day and they were hilarious. But then anyway, when we got the new subscription years later, the show had deteriorated significantly and like the only real good programming they had, I think that was the same time as like, Patrice had that relationship show that had like 10 episodes or something where he gave like relationship advice, was, just, which was like yeah, hilarious. The, yeah, the best person to get yeah. relationship advice from fucking Patrice O'Neill. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're entitled to your opinions. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really appreciated a lot of what Patrice O'Neill had to say. Oh, um, yeah. oh yeah. He's like, a great comedian. I mean, even even comedy aside, when he would dip into his, like, weird take on seriousness and, like, a little bit about his, like, personal struggles and history, like, the guy was just a flat-out fascinating character. And that was kind of, like, what was happening when we were listening to ONA was, like, those guys were were expressing them. Like, this is pre-Joe Rogan experience. Like, Joe Rogan constantly talks about how ONA inspired him to make the podcast, right? Or oh, yeah. specifically Anthony Cumia yeah. making the compound media after yeah, actually, getting off uh, of ONA. Actually, that's yeah. the thing. When they talk about like the ONA timeline and mm-hmm. both of their deteriorations, mm-hmm. specifically Anthony Cumia's, mm-hmm. is that they think, I mean, he was like a lot of this before, but it was really when like Patrice died that they think like he really went off his rocker because yeah. Patrice O'Neill was like pretty much the only black person I think he truly liked. <laughs> like not just liked, but like respected. No. That's honestly fair to but, say because with, the guy was yeah. just, he was clearly racist, but it was veiled as a joke the entire time. And, yeah. and having Patrice as a foil to it kind of allowed it to happen in a, in a joking context. But then of course they were like in the con in, in the conversation about shock jocks and what is comedy. And if there's anything off limits, then is that like, they were really, really, really pushing that idea too. So simultaneously with that, you always thought he was joking, but then when he like, 
10, 12, 14 years down the line, you realize that the guy never once was making a joke. He truly yeah. felt that way. And it was just like re retroactively yeah. made me feel shitty oh, for yeah. even like laughing at some of those jokes. Thinking well, about them guys in the fucking studio around that table, you know, looking at Patrice O'Neill saying that shit. And then the poor guy's got to like comedically deflect it. Like, it sucks. Yeah, well, uh, I not just say that he respected him, but like was a true friend. Absolutely. And, and when yeah. he died, that was a tragedy that affected him. Yes. And then his I guess reaction like, was poor. Yeah. So I'm actually humanizing Anthony Cumia here. It's possible yeah. to do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know, but it really feels weird mm -hmm. considering he's human garbage. We but, also don't know them as people. We only know them as their as their personalities. Oh, oh yeah. That's all. That's internet, all we can do you know? is speculate as yeah. fans, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, but yeah, that's what they speculate. Like, really took him off the deep end was that tragedy of losing his friend. And yeah, he just went downhill from there until we get to today, where uh, he's in the hospital now and having Gavin McGinnis, right wing shithead and quote former leader of the Proud oh, Boys. That's why I which, know that which name. I, okay, which he says he's not a part of them anymore. I don't fucking believe it. I believe that he still. Yeah. I, I believe he still has some kind of control over them. At least like the extent that he can make money off them. Yeah, I mean, on the topic of speculation, yeah. I don't I didn't even know who that was, really. I just knew that I knew the name and that it was distasteful of a... Yeah, I, I well, just, well, him, so. well, him and Kumia are besties. That's to the point where, like... surprising. We're to the point while Kumia is in quote-unquote recovery, he's... Uh, now hosting the Anti Kumia show, and it's just the same shit as as Anthony was there, just garbage. Yeah, racist, fascist garbage. Sounds accurate. <laughs> and they made, and also there's just been the joke going around that Anthony Kumia is actually dead. You know, <laughs> rest in peace, Anthony Kumia. On October, like, yeah, we just found out he died, and his funeral was yesterday. And guess what? No one came. <laughs> <laughs> So, so yeah, so yeah, uh, Mr. Kumia, I'm glad you could be on here before you died and no one shows up for your funeral because you're garbage. Maybe that 17-year-old high school girl you took the prom will show up to your fucking funeral. <laughs> what a fucking sleazeball. But yeah, I'm currently enjoying Shocktober. Uh, check it out. Uh, subscribe to Murder Brian's Patreon here at all. It's excellent show. I love it. And uh, before we move on, tell me, uh, Zach, well, you listen to The Virus. You listen to Opie and Anthony's Sirius XM. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of a show called Ron and Fez? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you know that they did a parody of Opie and Anthony yes. called Shock and Jock? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take a little listen to that on my, uh, on my computer here because it is excellent. Like, they're buddies with them, but it's such a good takedown. But, uh, you know, we'll see how it works out. I hope it works out for the best. Supposedly, they're the hardcore guys. I uh, see the picture the here. Let's uh, just try to listen to a couple minutes that we were able to pull up. They're called Shock and Jack. <laughs> Shock and Jack, you're the pussy. <laughs> you know who annoys me? Cripple kids. OP, yeah. lazy crap. You're so fucking needy, man. Good job. For Christ's sakes, the fucking whole country has jobs. 
So they were friends with Opie and Anthony. Yeah. They, they appeared on each other's shows. They yeah. were on yeah. Sirius XM. But yeah. they did a little parody about the whole shock jock thing. Mm-hmm. Particularly because they were called shock jocks. Which, yeah, they kind of were. But they weren't as into it as Opie and Anthony or Howard Stern or anything. No, no they weren't. I, Ron and Fez were great. I, I listened to, to a lot of Ron and Fez. Yeah, I think they are also... Which one was it? Uh... I think it was Ron who was actually gay. Fez. Oh, was Fez? Yeah. Oh, shit. My bad. No. Yeah, uh, he was like the first, as far as I know, was like the first really openly gay shock jock. It doesn't surprise me, dude. 2008 was a long goddamn time ago, and I forget that a lot. Like, <laughs> I know. Uh, it really, like, I feel like it was yesterday, but there's like people potentially in this listening audience that weren't even alive then, and that to me is just fucking bizarre. Oh yeah, so <laughs> so it's a shock jocks, especially in the late nineties, early two thousands, was a fucking weird ecosystem. It really was. You say all this horrible stuff, but then like you'll have like one of the greatest living comedians who is black on there, or you'll have like a shock jock who's actually gay. <laughs> well, and I mean, I think that was supposed to be the point of it all. Like, if if you if you like take a a ten thousand foot like philosopher's view of the whole thing is like the the point that the extreme comedy people were making was that whole like as i said about their their commentary on free speech like if if nothing is off if everything if something is off the table for comedy then everything's off the table for comedy because once you offend one person and they can't take the joke then it just becomes what it, it it was basically what began as the the prevailing ideology that now is turn is going against what people call woke culture which is just like toxic as fuck just like a lot <laughs> of the people that came out of that world ended up like the it, it wasn't jokes and then the people that were actually joking the entire time are like uh fuck Ugh. i got to get away from this you know, yeah. and it's just kind of weird because, like, I mean, D- Jim Norton's a perfect example. The guy was just raunchy as fuck and offensive oh, as all hell. Yeah, he still but has he wasn't show. a bad person. Like, and I mean, even his even his comedic genius partly was self-deprecating himself for being a bad person. But in many ways, it it was it, it wasn't actually awful. It was like it, uh, what social did. Not degeneracy. Um, um, when you break a social moray. Oh um, yeah, I mean, it con- was disruptive. Yeah, I mean, he constantly yeah. talked about like 
deviant is yeah. the word I'm oh, looking yeah. for. Yeah, he always talked about how he's a yeah. scumbag. His uh, yeah. his fucking website at one time is called eataBullet.com. Right, but the, <laughs> like his scumbag nature that he described was being accepting of trans culture and like all these things. Oh, yeah. like, his, like when he said that, he meant that he was supposed to be offending people's antiquated sensibilities, right? So when he ended up contending with those two dudes that were ostensibly joking, but then ended up actually being offended by his lifestyle in truth, like that must've been devastating for the guy, especially because he had made an entire career off of like, Oh, this is just a joke and this is comedy. And like, no, we don't actually treat people like this. Like this is what we say on stage. And there's a clear difference between my performance and my life. And for a lot of those dudes, there wasn't a clear difference between yeah. their performance and life. But. Well, well, also, uh, my favorite podcaster and former guest on the show, Jake Flores, has mm-hmm. talked about his interactions with Norton. Mm-hmm. He even, like, opened for him a couple times. Uh, oh, interesting. According to him, uh, Jim Norton's a dickhead. Oh, fair. <laughs> Which, be honest, but is he a dickhead because he's a New York dickhead? Yeah, that's what I was a- about to say, too. Honestly, if you look at, like, yeah, because the scene yeah. that he's in and, like, his contemporaries, yeah, it makes sense. It's yeah. New York. But also, dude, like, and to be fair to to people who are on a, on a high level of performance, like, a lot of times you don't have time to fucking just sit and talk with people. So a lot of times people just interpret celebrities as dicks only because they don't have the self-awareness to be like, this fucking guy's time is worth like $1,800 a fucking minute. Uh, Like I can't be talking to him about my fart smells. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless it's part of the performance. Well, no, when the microphones are off, he's got no time for that shit. No, I think it was intentional. Okay. Fair. Like it's, I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's like him and, uh, Another guy, David Cross, who's also a great comedian, but mm-hmm. notorious dickhead off stage. Sure. But, uh, yeah, so we've been at this for over 20 minutes now. Uh, rest in peace, Anthony Cumia. Garrett Schelke, notorious dickhead off stage. <laughs> Some people would actually say that. <laughs> but let's it's comedy. One more minute of shock and jock. All right. Ass is shit. I'm surprised you don't just drink piss and eat shit. <laughs> I hope your mother gets an awful disease. <laughs> I swear to God, those other fucks, our competitors, fuck with us. I'll fuck fucking you. kick their asses. Fuck up. I will fucking kick your ass. You know something? You work on a different radio station. I'll <laughs> knock you Jerk. out. Jerk off, son of a bitch. I'll knock your fucking <laughs> You live in a house. You're in a different format. A completely different format than us. So fuck you. You don't get it. You don't understand what we did with our You don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh I, I, for, I now remember. Uh, you're matching Kenny. I said club soda, Kenny. Right. Uh, this happened a few months ago. Uh, Auntie Kumi and Bill Burr hate each other now. Okay. Because... Well, Auntie Kumia's racist. Bill's bird wife is black. Yep. And uh, Kumia apparently said some racist shit about Bill Burr's wife. So uh, they mm. hate each other now. And apparently, uh, I think it was the comedy seller in New York, which I was there, which I did see when I was in New York. We'll mm. get to that in a few. Okay. But uh, yeah, apparently uh, Bill Burr had Kumia kicked out of the, his show. 
And guess who had to drag him out of there? Club Soda Kenny. Yeah, Club Soda I Kenny. Forgot. So he's still the, the security guard. Yeah, for people who yeah. don't know, Club Soda Kenny was like this character and security guard on Opie and Auntie. Just huge fucking dude. Like, <laughs> he actually looks like a bizarro version of Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> and he was known for, like, Trying his own jokes and bombing on stage. And his voice was just yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, like... You pe- just knew what the guy looked like, like when you heard pe- his voice. People, people think I have Down syndrome when I talk, but <laughs> until you hear Club Soda Kenny, he's slower. But yeah, uh, boy, well, how far down you got be to get, like, fucking dragged out of a club? Well, first you're kicked out by one of your former friends... Then you're booted out physically by one of your former bodyguards. <laughs> Rest in peace, Auntie Kumia. Rest in peace. The world is truly better off without you. Anyway, uh, here we are again, Zach. Uh, it's good to have you back on again. Hello. And yeah, uh, guess what? You know the last time you were on? Um, actually, give me a moment to actually guess. Okay, don't look at the screen because I have the have the episode up. Okay, no I think cheating. it was it was after I went to Las Vegas before Las Vegas was summer, right? I went in May. Oh no, it was before that. It was before Vegas. Way before May. It's been that long since we podcasted, other yeah. than. Yeah, we, the, the other one we'll talk about. One. I figured, I figured, okay. Yeah. Give up? No, just, what, look, just look at the screen sheet. <laughs> February. February. We have not podcasted since February. Did this, we escape the Matrix, and is Andrew Tate still in prison? <laughs> no, he is not in prison, my friend. We did not escape the Matrix. No, we're still fucked. Yeah, and I mean, I that's one thing I like about having you on the show is that we now have special guests. I mean, we had Andrew Tate. We just had Anthony Cumia before he died in front of us. I bring in the heavy hitters. I don't know what I to know. say. You want Violent J next? <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got Bill Cosby wanting to come on too. Yeah, who was it? You, you did a really bad one once. Who did I That was cringe as fuck. Who did you t- say I was? It was bad. It was oh, like I, a serial killer or something. It was something. It, I mean, obviously, it was I, funny, I know, but I'm just saying. It I know, was I'm like, trying to think. I don't, yeah. I think that was the first time I did this quote-unquote bit. Yeah, yeah, dude. Or at least I titled my episodes like that. You know, not in any way so I could get more traffic. You know, I don't have a memory because I smoke too much weed. What's your fucking excuse? Same fucking reason. All my, all the, I'm getting older and all the drugs and alcohol. Same reason he adds, I'm getting older. Did you hear that? <laughs> that I, wasn't a self-deprecating dig, you guys. In context, that was a dig at me. No. It's I a, deserve everything. No, I'm actually getting older. Don't you see like the gray on my beard? No, it looks pretty brown to me, man. No, seriously, you don't see that? <laughs> oh, yeah. He's got five to 12 gray hairs aside, maybe. Maybe. It's more than me. <laughs> but there's gray hairs in my there's gray hairs in my beers. No, so yeah, things have not been going good for me, folks. Just the age and the drugs and the alcohol. <laughs> I mean, it's not like anti cumia level where I'm having a heart attack, but it's getting close. You got like thirty years to catch up with him, you know. Fuck, he's sixty two. Right, I'm thirty six. Ish. 
30 rough. You know, we're, we're not. All right, Garrett, the mathematician here. But you're the mathematician. <laughs> you're the one studying fucking math. Right? When in math, we round up all the time. I'm just I know. rounding to the nearest was, five, dog. I'm awful at math, so much so that I'm traumatized <laughs> by it. Like, I get Kill Bill flashbacks thinking of algebra. He's like, 26, not 30. 26. All right. You're, supposed to, you're supposed to hold that number in algebra. <laughs> Why can't I add it? How is this going to help me pay my rent? Listen, there's an order of operations. And the order of operations is you don't pay your rent for three months straight. And then there they begin go. the eviction notice. And then you got another 30 days to whip your dick out. There we go. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Zach. Um, yeah, dude, it's, it's been a while. Apparently, it's yeah. It's been a minute. Apparently. How have yeah. you been? I, I know, I know. Okay, we, we won't get into all that because I know it's really personal. But whatever. <laughs> well, I, I will be making announcements of the of the like myself I've, in the next couple of weeks. So what? It's whatever. I know. I we already talked about a lot. lot you, of I remember you you early outed me when I was quitting Jakeway too. <laughs> Wait, really? I was. Yeah. Oh you god! Were like Probably. like three weeks before I put the fucking notice in or something <laughs> like that. I was like, oh shit. Oh, do they, they hear the podcast? First of all, who cares? <laughs> second, of, second of all, I I do think that some of the agents actually have listened to some of our podcasts. I'm really? not sure. I never know who. A lot of people will listen and they don't tell you. You know that. So. Oh yeah, like you know. like whenever I look up on like statistics on yeah, whatever podcast thing I'm on, like it mm-hmm. doesn't say like. Zach's employers. Right, yeah, we don't know who's listening, but you know, all I'm saying is that, is that, yeah, you may have early outed it, but it doesn't matter. It's not like you fucking doxed me or some shit like that, and plus, like, my address is, is public knowledge in this place anyhow. Blah, 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 well, blah, they, blah. You didn't get in trouble for it, right? No! Okay, they I weren't can't like, get in trouble. Mi- I own my own fucking business. Mr. Elmblad. Just tell the guy to fuck yeah, off. And Mr. Elmblad, we, we heard a podcast where this right? guy's well, first of all, it's very inappropriate. He's telling people to die and making <laughs> dick jokes. I didn't. I didn't tell anybody to die in that one. I was just talking about. Honestly, at this point, I tell so many. I wish death on so many people that <laughs> I can't even keep count. All death threats are in jest. Yeah, in Minecraft. I like that. <coughs> or is it Fortnite or whichever? In a game. But uh, yeah, it's yeah we've. You know what? Since uh. This is In prob- EverQuest. God. <coughs> Are you just mad that I take Mega Rips? Not at all. I'm worried about you. You do realize I have a smart water there, too, for you. You could drink. Yeah, smart water. As usual, our uh, our sponsor, of course, as always, is Drake's Party Store in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Where I always get my smart water, and they always try to put CBD on me like they're a fucking doctor. <laughs> All right, I'll limit the rips to, like, one every 20 minutes. Okay, there you go. <coughs> Can we have, like, a bell indicator of, like, <laughs> when, like, we should ring a bell when I'm hitting fucking... People would be surprised. <laughs> yeah, but, uh... All right, so hey. since this is probably going to be, like, the only GSP episode we're going to do for the rest of the year, because uh-huh. is the end of October. Reasons. Yep. And we got some other things that we're doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, not the end of GSP for this year. I got other episodes lined up, but right. on this one. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess maybe we should do like a year review, I guess. Sounds so, good. Some of the things that we've done, some of our adventures. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say right off the top, I think I probably have more positive year than you, but... <laughs> Most that, people did. It's okay. <laughs> they can't all be zingers. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, sometimes a whole year's just got to be fucking awful. Right. Being 38 blows. I'm just like looking forward but to But there, there is one thing I would like to ask you, mm-hmm. obviously, about your time. Mm-hmm. You once again returned to Amsterdam to I did. go see one of your favorite performers. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's talk about that because I love, because I want to go to Amsterdam someday. They get a chance this year, but maybe next year. I like highlights for me. Um, this is my first international trip post COVID. Um, I fucking love Europe and I want to live there now more than ever because we live in a second world police state. We live as a society. <laughs> we live in a second world police state. The country we live in is poorly managed and fucking miserable. No one's making any money except, like, a fucking percent of the population. And in Europe, things are clean, and there's trains everywhere, and you can just, like, swipe a card and go places, and it's just... Shit works, and it's what fucking worlds should be like when you live in them. (laughs) I just... I, I came back just disgusted, man. I just... I want. I don't want to live in Europe. I want the, my. The, I want the society I live in to not appear as if it's falling apart at the seams, and that's just the way I feel coming home. And like I've recently, like the the last few times that I cleared customs, um, I had such a bad time that I like enrolled in the TSA pre-check program and all of this shit. And I just still got fucking harassed and searched and all this garbage. And it's just, like, so degrading, man. And not a single event like that happened in Europe. It's all just in the United States. And so I was like, well, I'm going to fly out of Atlanta. Like, I flew out of Grand Rapids, flew from Atlanta to Schiphol. And then when I made my return flight, I was like, I'm going to clear customs in Minneapolis. Like, that seems chill in Midwest. No, my friend. (laughs) No, it is not. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, first of all, if you're a pre-check, they don't give a fuck. You go through the line just like everybody else. Which Dude, I actually commented on your when you talked yeah. about that. I'm like, shit, how much should I get? You're I like, was furious, man. So going out, it was amazing because I just got in a line and there was no one in front of me. And they just, they're like, welcome, Mr. Elmblad, you know? And so it was coming back, right? Like we all get funneled into a room. And, and so I'm waiting in this line for an hour. And finally, I the guy searches me. Or he doesn't search me. They're like, okay, put all your shit in in the bin. I'm like, okay. So I put all my shit in the bin. And it gets flagged because the world hates me. And also because there's like two laptops and an iPad and a, and a phone. Like just many devices. I'm sure they just want to make sure everything's fine. Like there's plenty of rational explanations for why I was getting pulled aside in the line. But the fact of the matter is I literally paid gave my fingerprints and submitted like on top of that biometric data, like an absolute government association with all of my information. Like I submitted to that 
so that I didn't have to submit to what I believe is a breach of Fourth Amendment rights. And that's basically what I was calmly discussing with this man as he was searching my shit. And so he's like, well, you needed to put all of these devices in a separate bin. And I was like, so you're telling me that right now we are going to hold up that line and we're going to put each camera, each phone, each tablet, each laptop, everything in a separate bin. He goes, oh, you're not going to do it. I'm going to do it because you can't touch your bag. And I was like, so let me tell you. I got my entire fucking life and livelihood in that fucking backpack that you got in your hands, TSA agent. And if you fuck up anything, you will regret it. Oh, and the fucking shit. And he's like, and I was like, instantly, I'm like, okay, obviously that's not a fucking physical threat. I'm speaking hyperbolically and I'm clearly upset. So obviously I don't want to instigate any kind of fucking weird shit here. I'm clearly angry at this situation let's get through this as quickly that's a, as possible that's a more right. de- that's a more you know, detailed threat yeah. than one I heard previously right. like one dude i got threatened the tsa by saying like yeah. hey uh, if you touch my dick i'm gonna sue you no it's not like that i'm just saying it's my livelihood and i'm already having my fourth amendment rights breached in my opinion and of course their opinion is going to be like you're not in a public place and so therefore like when you pass through the door of the airport you're in uh, a place where your fourth amendment rights are subjected or are are not thrown out the window but like restricted because of these high security th- you know there's all of these government reasons for what's happening and i understand that and so i don't you know i don't want to inconvenience these people too much but also what i said to him and i was like i was like listen man i i am of the opinion that if i don't speak up and i don't make it known and you don't have to write this in your report then people are just it's just everyone's gonna get away with it forever and and i was like what have i done to deserve this and furthermore what should i have done considering I am TSA pre-checked and I paid to not have to deal with this. What we're doing right now is not supposed to happen to me for 18 different reasons. Please tell me what I should have done. And this fucking guy goes, I actually don't know. And I was just like, all right, hold the phone. I'm like, whatever. I've been waiting here for a fucking hour. I'm not in danger of missing my flight. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's before I cleared customs. That was to the point of getting to where I would put my bags through the electromagnetic shit to to pass into customs to get my like passport checked and actually go into the Minneapolis St. Paul airport. So I'm in the security zone like at the beginning and that's what I've waited in this hour-long line for. And so there was one flight, my flight, coming from Amsterdam, and then another flight coming from Paris. So there was like 500 of us or so in this room. We're all packed like sardines, coughing on each other. Everybody's bitching about COVID this, COVID that. you know. And it's like, <clears throat> why are we corralled in this fucking room like this? Like, what is the purpose? And then it gets down to the Every single person, one by one, had to go through one single TSA agent. And I'm just like... This is the most disorganized fucking mess, man. When I cleared It's like customs, going through a Walmart. Yeah, dude. Like what, you have exactly. like two open and like the yes, 10 officers closed. Yeah, and going through fucking 
like getting into the Schengen zone, right, is more like shopping at like what's a place where you don't even have to go to the checkout lane. Like we're we're like like an Amazon Go store. Like, dude, when when I cleared customs four years ago in Stockholm, we waited in line for like five minutes, and they had like EU citizens, Swedish citizens, and then everybody else, because Americans are in the everybody else category firmly these days, right? So, <clears throat> I'm in the everybody else line, which has taken the longest, and like even then, it was like, hello, how are you doing? How long are you going to stay in Europe? Where are you staying? What is your next destination? That, that, that's know? a good impression, but it's more like hurty curty. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, that was bad, ethnic, folks. Ethnic I impersonations aside, Mup impersonations. Getting into the Schengen zone, getting into Europe, is a much is an objectively much, much, much more pleasant experience from me, from my lived experience, than the United States. Like every fucking time I come back here, I hate it. I feel I just we're getting screamed at. People don't speak English and 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 instead of being like, "Oh, well do you need a translator or like is there a language we have in common?" you just get the you know, "Go this way." And it's like they don't know the words that you're saying, saying them louder isn't going to fucking help you, you fucking uneducated fucking idiot. Like, why is it that these fucking worst of our society are the first people that people encounter when they fucking come into our country? It's asinine. I can't believe it. And then, you like, dude, immigrants come here to, to go on vacation, and they're like, oh, yeah, well, I want to go to L.A. and Miami and New York. They don't got a fucking idea that those places are days apart traveling, right? Like, they think that they can jump on a train and go anywhere. And then they're like, well, there's a train station in Kalamazoo. How come I can't get to... You know, Cincinnati from Kalamazoo. And it's like, well, you can, but you got to go to Chicago and connect and then go to Cincinnati. And that doesn't make any sense at all because it adds three hours to the goddamn trip. And so they're like, well, how come you don't have train systems? Like, they, it doesn't even occur to them. It's like, because we use cars here. Well, that's dumb. Yeah. Well, that's just the beginning of the stupidity here, my friend. And yeah, it's the land of the free, but that means they're all free to be dumb fucks too. And it's very difficult to navigate sometimes. And when you got to come home from this really egalitarian, like modern society where like there's very little crime and everything is cleaned up at the end of the night and like to come home to just this fucking trash everywhere and everyone's got a chip on their shoulder and no one's trying to help you. And it's just like, what? Dude, I'm almost 40 goddamn years old. All I got is a backpack full of camera gear. What have I fucking done to you? Like, every other businessman here, every other family and child, and they're like, we're all just trying to get through this fucking line. Why are you doing this? Like, not only is it embarrassing for us as a nation, it's embarrassing to me as a grown-ass man who literally paid money and subjected to a fucking government search to not have to do that. And I still had to do it. That is a fucking perfect example of the misery that is living in this fucking techno technocratic nightmare that we have. It's just fucking awful. What were we? What were we talking about again? Traveling? Yeah. <laughs> Amsterdam is fucking beautiful. Yeah, I know. All the food tastes like food. Everyone's fucking nice. You can get anything you want at any time of day. It's wonderful. It's great. 
First of all, I'm glad that you finally have, after all these years of me ranting towards you, you have finally come around to my view of America. God damn, it's like, dude. It's like about fucking... I'm so time. mad. Well, it, it, America did it to me, dude. Like, I want, like, take take my, my entire history about the opinion of the American dream and all the romanticizing I did about it. Take that in its own bundle and take it out of the conversation, dude. Seriously... Running a business in the United States for the last seven years and trying to fucking navigate anything, any any type of government system is f- a fucking nightmare. There is, there is no simple way to do anything. And everybody has got com- complexities in their life. EU citizens get taxed to death. But, like, dude... Their shit works, and when it's not working, it gets fixed. And, like, I just, I can't, like, there's no potholes in the fucking roads. And, like, okay, bike lanes. Here's a great example. You know how fired up I get about the fucking bike lanes down here. The bike lanes here in Kalamazoo. You want to know what? Finally, a bike bike lane update, which we haven't done since February because you haven't been on. Listen, bike lanes in in the fucking Netherlands are wonderful. You know why? Because it's integrating to their society. You know why else? Why? Because they're made for bikes. They're made for bicycles. They're bike lanes. They're not (coughs) painted lines on a fucking road surface in a place where it snows half the year. I don't know what the city government of Kalamazoo is doing. And of course, here I am on my... My, like, sidebar tirades, but on the topic of bike lanes, Jesus Christ, dude, again, here they are, fucking with all these lanes. In two years, there's a five-lane, there's one-way streets in Kalamazoo, they make an east-west-north-south square, okay? There's four of them. One goes east, one goes west, one goes north, one goes south. It is not difficult to understand. They all conform to those cardinal directions. They're very obvious. Like... 70 years ago, they were two-way streets. And then the state of Michigan got a hold of them and turned them into one-way streets, and they were integrated into the state highway system. Now, two or three years ago, the city commission of Kalamazoo got a hold of the rights for those roads. And so now those decisions are no longer in the hand of MDOT. They're in the hand of the Kalamazoo City Commission, which is a notorious nest of dumb fucks, <laughs> except for Cooney, and so still around. Oh yeah, he's still. I mean, what, well, dude, the, we would the town would have burned down if it wasn't for the guy. I'm God, he's like only the, he's partly kidding. He's basically the Bernie Sanders of Kalamazoo. He is weirdly enough. He's he the fucking like voice him. of of sanity. Yeah, Cooney's great, man. There's another couple commissioners that were good. It's I'm not talking about the the governing body. The only people that I knew were the ones that were there when I was running video back in the day when all of this was irrelevant. But Anyway, the government of Kalamazoo, dude, they took these five-lane one-way streets, and they took a lane out of each of them, and then they took two traffic lanes out of them, and one of the traffic lanes they made into a bicycle lane with a bumper, like a, not a a physical bumper, but like a between the curb and the bike lane, the painted bike lane, there's like an X'd out area that's just like a no-man's zone. And then now downtown coming in from the west, 
there's this stretch of road for like a quarter mile where there's a bike lane and then a parking lane in the middle of the street and then a bus lane for a bus line that's not running yet and then the two traffic lanes and then another parking lane. And so they've reduced the throughput of traffic by like four lanes in each direction, but they've done nothing to like to to provide an alternate flow for that traffic. So like trying to work down here on one of the intersections of that square of one-way streets i live on or not live i work on the the corner of the westbound and northbound as you know and so being around here like the road shutdowns and the accidents and the fucking construction and on all of these changes on the roadway these are bike lanes no one uses these are pedestrian spaces that are primarily utilized by homeless people to to beg for change which is just another Kalamazoo topic that's there's no point in in opening up that can of worms because it's very touchy because a lot of those folks don't deserve to be in the situation that they're in but they're also beyond fucking infuriating at this point and getting more and more aggressive down here to the point where and whatever, like, well, as, as <laughs> yeah, we'll talk yeah, about you, it, I don't you, feel comfortable downtown anymore. We'll, we'll yeah. leave it as vague as that. Yeah. Well, uh, let's, let's get back to the topic here. Yeah. What is boy, the topic? Boy, have, have I missed podcasting? Yeah. <laughs> no, you were uh, in Amsterdam to see one of your favorite musicians. Yeah. 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 So who is Travel that again? stories? Oh, Arian. So it's, how was that show? It was fucking great. They, they, so we went in 2019 that was the last time they did it and we went then as well and like the accommodations were better the service of the venue was better the sound quality was better the merch access was better everything about it was just like they learned so many lessons from the previous um shows that it just it just was immediately obvious that they had they had just done a really really good job with it and so you know not to digress into the minutiae of weird prog rock projects (laughs) but like basically there was some really famous singers involved and like this band was never a band until a few years ago it was like one guy that made all this music in his house and he would just invite people and as he got more and more famous over the years, more and more famous people came to the point where it was like, hey, do you like money? Like, do you want to make an absolute fuckload of money? You should actually perform this music live. And he was like, I'm not leaving the Netherlands, and I want to try to do it with as many of the original musicians as possible from each record. And so the way, reasonable. the way... It sounds epic, right? It sounds European. It sounds fucking prog rock. It sounds fucking great. And that's why I paid, you know, whatever. It's It was like 75 euro for the fucking ticket. But then I paid a thousand bucks for the flight and fuck a thousand bucks to stay in Rotterdam for five days. So, like, it's ungodly expensive to fucking go to a show like this. But also, it's like the type of thing that, like, it's such a unique experience in the world 
And it's just so meaningful because so many people from so many different countries participate in it that, like, when you are in that, like, fandom, it's an understanding that, like, the material cost of getting there is not the issue. Like, you, everyone just buys the tickets and then figures it out because it's, like, you know you want to go because it's just, like, there is no – like. There was a couple of people who it was their first concert experience and like all of the wise concert elders were like, that's really awesome and really bad for you because you're never going to see something like this. Like this is a, this is well, a type that, of thing that, well, that's, this better, that's better than here in America where it's yeah. like, Oh, you like this band? Name three songs. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, dude, the fandom is very, very friendly. And like that's what was that's what's so great about these shows is that the whole fucking town takes takes part in it. So it's like you go there and it's and it's like because like the burger place has an Arion burger and then the brewery has two Arion beers on tap and then like you know there's deals on shit at places if you're wearing an Arion shirt and it's just fun, man. Like can you imagine like if we like even the sounds of Kalamazoo thing that. Um, like, oh God, I know those people that put that on and they're really awesome. And I just, I wish I fucking, I know it's dragon product, dragon brothers productions is involved. There's this woman that's just killing it in town doing audio shit. And I fucking forget her name, but she, she runs sounds of the, of the zoo festival thing. And like that shit's going on now. Now imagine if it was like, all the local businesses decided that if you brought in your ticket stub or a t-shirt from Sounds of the Zoo, like you could get a free ice cream cone or something. It's just like dead simple marketing straight out of a fucking college textbook. And everyone around here is just like, ugh, ugh, I don't want to take part in that corporate shit. And it's like, it's not corporate shit. It's literally local businesses trying to fucking market each market for each other. Like, how dare you say that? What are we all going to stay at the Holiday Inn and, and fucking go to McDonald's? Get out of here. Like, go to the fucking local places. Like, we all spent fucking $2,000 to come here. You're going to go buy fu- fucking 250 euro Big Macs? How dare you? Like, go to the fucking place that's going to serve the Stroop waffles and shit. Yeah. Like, just go fucking do the thing. Uh, Eat I've, a pancake. I've, I've talked about this before, but when I went to <laughs> London in 2019, I think I spent, like, my first three, four days just eating English food, mm-hmm. a lot of fried stuff. Sure. But then I finally... <laughs> Those goddamn little beans and the red sauce. Yeah. I hate them shits. <laughs> a lot of it was good, but I just ate so much that I finally... Just for the hell of it, ate at McDonald's there. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, the McDonald's there is amazing. Yeah, I know. When food tastes I like ate, food. I made. Great. A, I checked into it. I'm like, finally, some good fucking food. Dude, they had this fry sauce, and it was like so good. I don't even know what it was, man. It's it was like citrusy, mayonnaise based aioli type of something. It was like yellow with green shit in it. It was so fucking good. And it was just like fry sauce. Like you, you know, it's like here, it's all robots and shit. Now you like order it on a touch screen and then they just yell out the number and get, and you get it. But like the menu options are just completely different. And like everything just tasted so good. Yeah. You uh, know? Yeah. Well, 
Well, I want to ask you too about Amsterdam because mm-hmm. I wanted to go there this summer, but mm-hmm. I couldn't afford it. So mm-hmm. instead, I it's went expensive to New- as fuck. Instead, I went to yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I was researching it, I did come across an article where uh, the city Amsterdam apparently wants to try to deter tourists. Apparently, because of uh, numerous reasons. Yeah. Like, you know, they're destructive. They get too drunk. They uh, harass the sex workers. They yeah. openly smoke weed and do other drugs in public, which yeah. I guess you're not supposed to do. Like, by by uh, doing stuff, I mean, like, they're actually trying to, like, restrict certain, like, sections of Amsterdam or, you know, certain, certain businesses, like the sex worker industry. Did you uh, notice anything like that when you were there? No. Oh, oh really? Yeah, I mean, you're, I was... I got on the city public transit both in or both in Amsterdam and Rotterdam just like traveled around went to grocery stores went to cafes like that I, I experienced nothing like that okay granted yeah. the article too did specifically uh, did specific, uh, specifically single out English tourists apparently they're the worst I guess even worse than Americans well so which is hard to believe I'll, I'll actually drop in a, a hot Amsterdam travel tip about my my preferred um, coffee shop, which is Abraxas. And I went straight to Abraxas when I landed because I I didn't fly with my brothers like I I flew solo, and then spent a few hours in Amsterdam myself. And then met up with my brothers and and their wife and girlfriend later on that afternoon, and so I went straight to Abraxas, got myself a a hash joint and a fucking spliff and a a pure white widow joint. Like just went for the full <laughs> Amsterdam coffee shop experience and stuff, and like had a, had a a cup of espresso and some water. And just like collected my thoughts, you know. See, when I finally do go to Amsterdam, maybe next year, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to like consult you first because I can see myself. Dude. I can see myself walk in here and be like, uh, got weed. <laughs> There's a lot weed, of good coffee weed, shops. Weed, weed, please. They make it very obvious how to get what you need there. And like, especially Amsterdam is just great, man. Like, you land in, in town and then take like a five minute train ride from the airport to the like main downtown train station and it's just in the middle of goddamn everything it's like four blocks away from all of the the mushroom mushroom shops and the weed cafes and the and the red light district mushroom shops you say smart shops is what they're called yeah and that's like when you want to go buy mushrooms you just go there they just have them you just buy them eat them (laughs) they're good they taste great no, we're talking about. They give like, you some peanuts. The real some people the, don't like the taste of them because they're weird. Wait, peanuts? Yeah, yeah. They just what? give you some peanuts. Because <laughs> it's not fucking America, and not everybody's allergic to a goddamn peanut. You know? <laughs> yeah, us American chill. snowflakes. <laughs> but yeah, dude, Amsterdam, Abraxas. I'm sitting at Abraxas, enjoying myself a little, a, a little spliff. And um, there was a group of British tourists next to me. And my God, were they just fucking obnoxious. 
Uh, and it was just, like they were just so goddamn loud for no reason, and they were fucking falling off the chairs, they're getting too high, and it's like, I'm just sitting there, like, having casual conversation with Oy, the butt tender God save the queen. Ugh, king. Oh, fuck, you're right, she did die. <laughs> She's dead. She's a dead bitch. Yeah. But she lives forever in our hearts. Someone's heart, I don't know. Whatever. Probably some pedophile's heart. <laughs> I, I fucking love the Netherlands, dude. I'll go back again. I've been there three times now. It's a great place. And yeah, it's expensive. Everything's expensive. Go. Right. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you feel like going to Amsterdam, it is just as easy to navigate through as London, I think. Oh, good. If not easier, you know. Like, my phone fucking worked there just fine and shit. Like, uh, one last yeah. question then. Uh, how prevalent was English? Everywhere. Oh, okay. Almost good. all citizens of the Netherlands are formally instructed from early education in speaking English. And I would say that English literacy, even in the rural areas, is like 80 to 90%. Okay, because yeah. that. I admit that is my one fear of traveling. You I'm will not, have zero yeah. problems. Like I'm not going to let entire country of the Netherlands. Okay, if you good. Don't like, speak. Okay, Dutch. good. They don't want you to speak Dutch. It's how they can talk shit about you in front of your face and laugh about you. Yeah, there we they go. They don't want you to speak that language. I mean, they I will tell you not to if you try. I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care if they talk shit about me. But I'm more afraid of like angering someone or something because no. I don't know how to speak no. it. First of all, always be respectful. Or, ju- or just be an ugly American general, which I, I, it's easy I, to be. I'm not. I'm humble bragging here. We don't I'm do it on like purpose. That. Oh yeah, they just like. I most mean, I've, I've seen I've seen ugly Americans in when I was in London. I, I mean, in London, fuck, I saw assholes with MAGA hats. I'm, dude, you get me twenty six hours into a travel experience with a TSA check checking it. And I turn into a fucking ugly American real quick. Well, you have a good, you yeah. have a reason there. I'm just talking about like you're in the society there, and yeah, yeah, you just act like a dickhead. My, I'm, I I go out of my way to try to be as respectful as possible yeah, when same I'm here. in someone else's country, dude. And I'm not one of those people. Funny enough, whenever I'm in Canada, because I'm a fat dude with a beard, they all think that I'm like a right winger. <laughs> So That's then, funny. so then, I'll, like last time I was in Toronto, I was eating at one of my uh, favorite diners, uh, Francis, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had this guy sitting next to me at the bar when I was like waiting for my breakfast lunch to come, and yeah, he was talking, he's trying, he's talking to me about some things. We talk about our love of new metal and all that. Then he gets into it. He's like, "Yeah, you know." You know, Canada does this and that, you know, unlike America. And you got Trump, which is awesome. I'm like, what the fuck? Wait, what? What the fuck? <laughs> You're like, he's like second, you don't huh? like Trump? I'm like, fuck no. No. And I You come, mean the four times like this guy yeah, this guy was shocked. Twice impeached. This guy was, of Yeah, this guy was shocked and it yeah. took me thinking about other experiences to figure yeah. out why. As because I'm a fat white guy with a beard wearing flannel. They think I'm a think you know I'm a conservative. Right. What is the next thing out of your mouth in the flat earth that we live in? Like, come on, man. Get out of here with your fucking yeah. shit. Yeah. All right. So talked about uh talked about that. I suppose I should talk about my adventure in New York City, baby. New York. Yep, finally it has happened. I tried two previous times to go to New York. First time was in twenty twenty. 
Like, I had, like, the setup. Poor timing. Yeah, I know. I had... Like, I had the trip planned, I think, like, back mm-hmm. in January or something, mm-hmm. before the shit hit. Yeah. Then it hit, and I, like, waited out to, like, April or May The shit? Or what are you talking about? Oh, really? <laughs> 2020? What happened then? Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a mystery. <laughs> it affected travel? What do you mean? <laughs> I know. It's quite a year, but I can't remember why. Yeah. You mean 2020, no. 21, 22, 23? <laughs> 1984. Yeah, exactly. 2019, the year that became 2024. <laughs> God, fuck George Orwell. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, yeah, I finally, it took till like April or May for me to cancel when literally New York became the city of the dead. Like, mm-hmm. you guys heard stories of just them bodies stacking up. Yeah. Even I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it was pretty gnarly. Yeah, so I finally canceled. Then the next year, I try to go there for, uh, 20, 20, no, not 2021, 2022, I try to go there for uh, Macy Day Parade. Couldn't afford it. Then this year, third time's the fucking charm, I got there this summer. In August, I went there. Flew to LaGuardia. And, uh... Why did you choose LaGuardia over JFK? I was wondering that. Like, I know both of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I looked at a map, and I tried to determine which was closer to, like, where I was staying. Mm-hmm. And, hmm? What was that? There's a saw. Yeah, saw, saw that. In here, yeah. Who is sawing? Some sawer. God, it's going to be so great when you're finally out of here. Some <laughs> have, sawyer. We don't have yeah. to deal with this shit anymore. No, no. Oh, I'm leaving? <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> anyway, so. Fuck Kalamazoo. Kilimanjaro. Carry on. <laughs> anyway, so concealed so, license carry for. <laughs> so okay, so uh, yeah, I just chose Warwick. I think it was closer to where I was at. Okay, fair. Yeah, not by much, by the way. I've never flown into New York. I've always driven in. So. Ooh yeah, I would never want to. Dear God, give me Manhattan traffic any day of the week. Over- they all fucking move. There's no stupidity. Really? There's no stupidity. There's just impatience, and it's wonderful. Yeah. I will take an impatient person over a dumb fuck any day. God. People yeah. can't drive in this fucking state. You know what? Uh, I'm trying to decide how to tell this tale, my tale of New York. So I guess I'll just start about where I stayed at. Mm-hmm. Oh, you do. You did have an adventure. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so, yeah um, man. So, I stayed in New York. I love this. I'll, yeah, I, so I, the place I stayed at was... Supposed to be a hostel. Let me guess. You're not rich. Let's start this entire story with you're not rich, right? No, actually, I am. Because you see, powerful GSP is making (laughs) Joe Rogan experience numbers here. Right. So So going into New York as a non-rich person, please tell me your experience. Yeah. First of all, (laughs) God, that fucking saw. God damn it. Quality podcast. So, uh, So I stayed at a place called the Grand Bowery Hotel. Which okay. advertised itself as a hostel. Mm-hmm. It was in the Bowery. Okay. Which is a legendary part of New York. So um, I've heard. Yep. Actually, I think Stephen Crane wrote a, wrote a novel that involved it called, like, Maggie, a girl on the streets that took place in the Bowery. I don't know That's how who I that is, nor Stephen have Crane. I heard of that book. Red, Bad, Red Badge of Courage. Oh, okay, that book I've heard of. Yep, that, that yeah. guy. Okay. So That's uh, like Scarlet Letter, right? 
Uh, All right. Anyway, yeah, he's the glares, glares in Nathaniel Hawthorne. <laughs> so I, uh, so I get there. It also borders on Chinatown, so you got a lot of that influence there, and it's really okay. cool. Like, and it looks like an old timey New York neighborhood, mm-hmm. being that it's old did as you show into any of the Chinese shops. No, I did get a chance. Oh my god, dude! I, the only time I've been in a true China, Chinatown is um, Portland and. Um, San Francisco. Oh, I bet. I bet. So oh, yeah. Cool. I've I've dined in those shops in uh, Toronto, Chicago, yeah, dude, the, and London. The like ferment. Uh, what I'm all I was gonna say about it is like the cool ass coils of fermented tea that they have. They're like a fucking thousand dollars a gram. Like just yeah. it's just like it's crazy. Some of the the traditional Chinese medicine that you see when you go into those places, and it's just yeah. really cool. Like obviously. Like uh, pictographic languages as a as a like alphabet user yeah. are always just real cool to look at to me anyway. But when all the signages in Asian characters, I'm just like fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, we're so, having ourselves oh, yeah. an international experience. Oh yeah. So it's a so, shame you didn't go. But where did you go? No. So uh, so I get there and it's old time New York neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. I should explain to you, I'm a nostalgic guy, even for shit I've never experienced. Right. So, and since we all know New York, biggest city in America, supposedly the the greatest city in the world, you know, as they claim. The as big, they claim. The Big Apple, and that means it's all over our pop culture. It's been there all our lives. Cairo but, is so much bigger than New York City. <coughs> yeah, but think about it. movies, TVs, books, comics, music. All of it's New York to some extent. Yeah. Hell, even like the best Christmas movies all take place in New York. Also Chicago and London. So, I've never been there before, but like, kind of like London actually, I've heard so much about growing up in the pop culture, I immediately recognize shit. Sure. Not just big landmarks too, but just like the surroundings itself. It's like, holy shit, this is like in this movie I've seen. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which by the way... Well, by the way, before I went, I uh, prepared myself by rewatching The Warriors and the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Which are, a perfect rep session. But, yeah, perfect representations of New York. <laughs> so I'm taking this all in. I'm having like my pseudo nostalgia there. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like you've been there all your life. And I get in there and, you know, wow, uh, how sh- the Grand Bowery Hotel, not a hostel. It is a flop house, like an actual classic flop house. That I've also heard, like uh, it looked like shit. There was dirt and dead bugs everywhere, and uh, the room I had, like I already knew what I was getting into because I've stayed in hostels where like it would just be like a small flat bed, maybe like a little shelf there. Mm-hmm. I've stayed in these places before, but yeah. I was I was not fully prepared for this one, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Is too. poop involved? Actually, it is. Yes. But uh, but basically, my room was uh was just like a little cubicle that uh had like a chicken wire ceiling. Like <laughs> you could see the ceiling, you could hear everyone. And it was just like, like a little cell. Yeah, if I had to, God. if I had to like make a comparison for folks, remember the first Blues Brothers movie where like Elwood picks up Jake from prison and takes him back to his flop house room. 
You know, the one where, like, the train went by every few seconds? Mm-hmm. It was like that, but, like, half the size of that room. <laughs> with none of the amenities. Meaning, like, no gas stove. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was like, okay. And I still try to work with it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I can work with anything for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so... Uh, no, I'm just going to focus on the hotel before every other place I go on to, because that would be zigzagging back and forth. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing I've been lucky as a traveler throughout all my years, well over a decade of traveling, I've never gotten infested by bedbugs. I mean, like, I've heard stories, I've heard encounters, but I've never experienced them directly. Same. Yeah. Well, my luck fucking ran out, because uh, there was bedbugs, and... Uh, that's yeah, I would get eat up every night. And at first I was in denial. Mm-hmm. Like, I would wake up, you know, stretch as best. Denial is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> Wait, what? That Den- joke? Every, f- from Infinite Jest. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> we are not getting the DFW. I did like that movie that I showed you, but not bad. Anyway, so... Uh, yeah, I was in denial first, even though my legs started to itch. And I looked down, and I, like, see the signs of bed bugs. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's summer, I'm wearing shorts, so, you know, anything could have bitten me or cut me or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I would go out and, you know, do my thing, whatever, visit places, go out. And I would come back and crash. Mm-hmm. And I also take a shower. And, wow, I don't know what the standards of health are in new york (laughs) this place i can't believe did not get shut down because it is the most disgusting bathroom i've ever bathrooms i've ever been in just mold everywhere (laughs) dirt everywhere fucking the shower curtains like even uh were like they were like uh shower curtains that were there but they were uh but they were like ripped up, so like I had to. So I got water everywhere I showered. <laughs> That's disgusting, dude. Yeah. Actually, uh, let's uh, pull up some photos here. My shall bathroom we? in Rotterdam was just Bowery so Grand Hotel, clean. dude. I would have just like taken a sandwich yep. and put it on the floor of the bathroom in my hotel in Rotterdam and just like disassembled it, yep. put every ingredient on a piece of tile, and then reassembled yep. it and eaten it without yep. fucking concern. Yep. And uh, here we have from outside the hotel. There we go. All right. I mean. And that is kind of a draw right there. I mean, look at this. That's it's a very, very New, New York. York. Fire escapes and brick buildings and everything. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you've always seen throughout your pop culture days. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the bigger rooms, and it does not look like that. Even okay. I did not stay in this size room, but I've right. seen other people's because basically there's two types of clientele here, okay? Mm-hmm. There's travelers like me who are relatively young and and yeah. It's filled with spunk. Young at heart. Yeah, young at heart. Spunk. Yeah, very, very, very excited. Then they're they're the other half that I would call drifters. Like these are the people that, well, are kind of the outsiders of society. They're homeless. They're drug addicted. They're old. Just yeah. So we're all mixed together, and. Uh, <laughs> Well, it was also not a really safe place because, like, 
I would fall, I would be like sleeping now, be like waking up here, like an argument from like across the hall, which I could hear perfectly. Or like, I would be like, I'd be like in my pajamas going to go shower and there'd be like random dudes just like in their underwear walking around. <laughs> and you know what? And I figured out why too, I, uh, why I got fooled to staying here. Because when I was looking up reviews for this place, okay, so hear me out. I was looking up reviews on like Yelp and all that shit. And they were like this, like the latest photos were mm -hmm. like this. Mm -hmm. But then they see old photos where they look like shit like it does now, mm -hmm. including the warning about bed bugs. But since the latest reviews were generally positive, had shit like this nice picture, mm -hmm. I thought they cleaned up. <laughs> I did. I'm like, huh, I guess they cleaned up. But yeah. no, they did not. I got fucking fooled. Wow. And let's see. The yeah. Yeah, you see, here's an example of the bathroom. It did not look this good. Like, dude, I've been that one. You're, you're killing me right now. Like, you know, like, you're looking at real estate pho photos with a real estate photographer right now, and I just yeah. want to fucking die. Uh, like, these are the worst fucking photos, man. Dude, these are all peop that people have taken the pictures. Like, I'm aware. But we're, not getting I'm aware. Into, we're not getting into that. The toilet seat was up. The verticals are incorrect there's just fucking post okay, stamping on everything okay you're like, here, like here's the staircase why take a picture of a staircase well i have to say it's just as filthy in that and also uh they had a bunch of signs around on the various floors mm -hmm. all english uh-oh okay no it's not uh-oh it's kind of funny actually so be like no lady in room <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> Okay, this is actually a bad one because uh, it does not show like the real bad shit that uh, that I've seen before. Oh, right here, actually, this is more like what I stayed in right here. Right in this thrilling visual medium that is the audio podcast. Oh, this is from Insider.com. I spent the night in New York's worst-rated hotel, and 12 things shocked me from my tiny windowless room <laughs> to the roll of toilet paper I was handed at check-in. Does this, is this, like, similar to your experience? Yep. In December, I spent, this is just this woman who's, uh, I guess just makes her living reviewing shitty hotels and that. I want to make a very catty comment about her eye makeup and eyebrows, but it's just oh you posh. I don't need to do stuff like that. Yeah. But I've I've seen better cat eyes in my life, and um, those eyebrows, although painted on clearly, um, are very poorly executed. Just yeah, I'm, I guess I'm just gonna make my insults yeah. anyway. Yeah. That's a decent photo. I know there's trash in the foreground, but well, actually, back here where this guy's sitting, there was. Dude, oh, it, can we zoom in because there is a mirror that should be showing the photographer up in that top yeah. right corner? Uh, no, we got other things to talk about. Son but, of a bitch. But uh, but basically, I didn't do this because I just had my travel backpack. But people were like leaving their luggage right there. Where the trash is. No, like back here where this guy is because there's no room in the rooms. Oh, for their luggage. Yeah, so they would just take all their shit out and just leave their luggage right there. So, Like how prevalent was the smell of ball sweat? 
A lot. This place smelled like shit. And ball sweat and shit are different terpenes. <laughs> yep, and that that's yeah. actually a good represent. They're, they're uh, zooming out on toilet paper, but yeah, there's like the trash can is just like a bucket. Oh, and they had fuck like yeah, and they dude. had like dirty rugs in the. <laughs> no, I when I was going around looking for different bathrooms, they had a best Western rug in one of the hallways. It's it. dirty as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and uh, that's pretty much where I stayed. Look at this beauty right here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I am loving that laugh you're doing right now. Holy shit. I wasn't ready, dude. I wasn't ready. I just... Granted, my, oh, my floor was my not like this rust shit brown like this I've one. I slept in three walled lean-tos on the fucking Appalachian Trail that had yeah. better fucking beds than that, dude. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, this woman stayed in a better room God, than I did. Disgusting. But for the most part, this is what it looks like. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess if I could find a better picture, i show you later. But that's kind of the gist of it. <laughs> so basically, I'm staying in this place. You know, I'm getting up by bed bugs. When I'm like trying to sleep, sometimes while... Do you say so, gist yeah. to like argue with people who say jiff instead of gif? No, I don't do that shit. Because I'm not a fucking loser. You can say words however you fucking want, man. This is America. It's one of our few freedoms. (laughs) I understood what you said. Yeah, so... I got the gist. Got the gist. (laughs) Oh, actually, uh, here's a picture of the bathroom, which is more representative. Which, by the way, the current price on TripAdvisor for it is $61 a night. Is that accurate? That's what it says right here. Mm. Uh, slashed down from $75 a night. so cheap. <laughs> Fuck up. Fuck, I'm just going to go there. Oh, is there poop? There's poop. Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> that's not poop. Those are tampons. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> so, you know, I would stay there. I would hear fucking arguments. Arguments while, like, I was... I was high too while trying to sleep, so like I would get out, go in and out conscious while here, like, motherfucker, you want to die? <laughs> That's like more altercation level. Yeah, and uh, I tried to salvage it. Get this. So I knew I had bed bugs. This was like my fourth day. I went to a local Walgreens, and I found the section where like they had raid in that for mm-hmm. bed bugs. Mm-hmm. I took that raid bottle. And I sprayed my entire room, every inch of it. Did you huff it while you were at it? No, I didn't. Oh. I emptied that bottle because I thought, like, if I sprayed it down, I would be bed book free in this entire shithole that was infested. That's not how that works. Yeah, I know. It was a co- I did the college try. But what really set me over the edge was uh, the, that, that very night, actually. You know, I'm getting ready. I uh, no, I was going to go out. I was going to go to the KGB bar, mm-hmm. which is a famous literary bar in New York. Mm-hmm. It's Soviet-themed, KGB. Mm-hmm. It also has a magazine that you could submit your work to, which I did in like the early 2010s and never mm-hmm. heard a response. Mm-hmm. Famous literary bar for people. And they were having an <coughs> open mic that night. So I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll go there. You know, I'm all dressed up. I leave my room. 
Which is another thing about my room, too, is that uh, I kind of knew what I was going into. I went to the thrift to a Goodwill and bought a uh, radio alarm clock. Mm-hmm. I just had it on the radio on the whole time I was gone to, to think someone was in there. Mm-hmm. A trick I picked up from my grandma, actually. She used to do that in her house. Mm-hmm. So if anyone was... And since we had, like, the open ceiling, everyone can hear it on the floor. Mm-hmm. It was always, like, sports talk radio. It's the only station I could find. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure when I've been gone for, like, hours on end, people were like, wow, this guy really likes sports radio. Right. So I get out there, and I see these two dudes coming downstairs. They were struggling. So I thought they were, like, a fellow traveler, you know, having a hard time getting their backpack up. I know I've helped people out before in the past. So I'm like, oh, I'll help them. And I hear a guy says, God, this thing's fucking heavy. They turn the corner, and it's a... Uh, a body? It, it's a dead body. Really? On a gurney, yes. This, <laughs> they, they, were coming down, they were coming down from the third floor. I didn't know this story. Funny enough, last time we met, I told you all this, but, I, now, but it's been a while. I'm so stressed out all the time. I don't remember anything. That shit is fucking hilarious, dude. Okay. I know. So, no. So, I see that it's a gurney and it's a, and it was a body wrapped up in white sheets like a mummy. And I, uh, I didn't freak out. (laughs) I did not freak out, but, but I kind of stood there for a few seconds and looked at it. I'm like, Wait, is that what I think it is? Like, I've had this experience before where, like, I briefly disassociate. Like, I couldn't These handle These vagabond shoes no. are longing to stray. Wait, what? New York, New York. This oh. Not, never mind. Oh, actually, I got that movie with Liza Minnelli. I gotta watch it sometime. Okay. But, yeah, I kind of disassociate. Like, the other times I've done this is, like, when I was in Chicago in the early 2010s and I saw a stabbing happen. Right. Or anytime I attend a protest and, like, the cops just tear gas and beat the shit out of everyone. I've been to those. You know, br- briefly, I'm, like, so shocked that I don't know how to react. Mm-hmm. This lasts a few seconds, then, like, I'm back to reality. <clears throat> this mm-hmm. was that, that moment for me. So, like, oh, shit. So then, like, I go down the stairs, I go outside. I'm still processing what I'm seeing. I'm like, okay, maybe it's something else. So I wait. Right. Is this a like a, f- a few minutes later, yep, they come out with the dead body. They put it on a stretcher proper. They wheel it into this ambulance. Not an ambulance, but it's like a, f- a, a van. F- a van. There's a term. <laughs> a sprinter there, van. There's a really bad term for it, like body wagon or something. <laughs> Meat wagon. Pussy wagon. No, no, that's Kill Bill. (laughs) No, so they put it in the meat wagon. And I'm all upset. I'm like, I'm all upset now. I'm like, God damn it. Park my sausage in the meat wagon. (laughs) I'm like, oh, God damn it. Right. Then I realized I had, I forgot my umbrella. Because surprisingly, (laughs) despite as hot as it was in New York, it was boiling the whole time. Mm -hmm. It did actually rain a lot. So I'm like, fuck. So I had to go back in and get it. And there was a New York cop in there, like, talking to the guy guy who owns the place. Mm -hmm. Wow, he was freaking out, too. Guy's like, I don't know who that is. 
you know, English. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do the racist stereotypical voice. Please don't. So he is basically saying, like, I don't know who, know who that is. I do that shit. Get, get that body out of here. You know, blah, blah, blah. Not my fault. Mm-hmm. Which it probably wasn't. And uh, I asked later on, on, like, the last podcast on the left group, um, belong to on Facebook. Like, I detailed it. I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, whenever I see on TV and that, it's usually they put you in a bag and zip you up. So, like, what does it mean if, like, if a body is, like, wrapped up in just sheets? Mm-hmm. Apparently, that's what they do when, like, they find a body that's been there for a while and yeah. it basically starts melting. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you need to have fabric to yeah. keep it Yeah, so, so this guy is, I don't know how long, but he could have been dead by the time I got there, or even before. And yeah. just now they discovered it. And it's the big city. Yeah, dude. It, uh, and that's my one fear. My one big fear of dying. Mm-hmm. Like, like, Alone in some fucking hostel where your radio's not, on and not, people don't realize that you're not, not in there. That's very specific, but it's yeah. close. Yeah. My big fear of dying is <coughs> not like being murdered by a serial killer or a heart attack or during a mass shooting. Just... Dying alone in a shithole. Yeah, fair. That is my big fear out of everything. Yeah, I mean, that's valid. Yep, so then... Buried alive is on that list for me. That's a big fear. I'll take that that rather than dying alone and forgotten in a shithole. I mean, that's how I'm going to die anyway. (laughs) Probably me too, but... Hopefully I'll die in the revolution. (laughs) The revolution. You know, when us communists finally take over America... From, is that the royal us? <laughs> well, you're gonna be included. I'll I'll make sure you get. I'll put in a good word for you, Zach. You'll put in a good word for me. Yeah, you know, so you don't get executed immediately. <laughs> Can I triple agent? <laughs> no, dude, don't do this for me. We're recording on a podcast. They're gonna listen to this in the future, right? Triple agents get paid fat. Yeah, by everyone. Yeah, but you're also working on the capitalist side. No, I'm working on my own side. <laughs> For getting money. Oh, okay, Trotsky. <laughs> anyway, so I go to KGB bar. You know, I get, I drink and I get high. I enjoy the good time, but the whole time I'm just thinking about this. Mm-hmm. I the try to stay dead out. bodies and the bed bugs. Yeah, I try to stay out later the than usual. I try to stay out later than usual, but eventually I go back and sleep for a couple of hours. The next day I go to Coney Island and... Coney Island, Greenwich Village are like my two favorite places to visit. Mm-hmm. Just both beautiful and unique in their own way. It is amazing. Have you heard that Godspeed you Black Emperor song? Uh, where it's like the old guy talking about Coney Island and he keeps saying, they don't sleep on the beach anymore. No, no I haven't heard that, but I have heard Lou Reed's Coney Island Baby. Uh, which I haven't heard. And of course I watched The Warriors, which The Warriors are from Coney Island. They're mm-hmm. trying to get back there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm there. I enjoy my time there. I'm standing in the ocean. Just, like, took off my sandal. Ding. My, I'm standing there, and I realized for the first time in my life, I was dreading going back to a place I was staying at. Like, I've stayed in shitholes, and I was like, well, never going to stay there again. But this is my first time I was, like, dreading it. So then I was like, I thought it over. I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm, I'm done. I'm not staying there in our night. So first I tried to like find another place, see if I get a transfer someplace else. Did not work. So I decided just to leave. So I got the next flight to Grand Rapids, which would be the next day at 8.30. 
yeah, and I check out of there, and uh, I tell the guy, like, hey, a family emergency came up. I have to leave early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was friendly. and uh, That's good. Yeah, and he's like, okay, well, uh, contact booking.com and tell them you left early. They'll contact me, and I'll tell them that they'll give you some of your money back. I'm like, okay, can I get a receipt or something? No, I can't give you a receipt. It's like, fuck. Booking.com is never going to believe me then. Mm-hmm. But at that point, fuck it, I didn't care. Yeah. So I checked out, and I went straight, got an Uber straight to LaGuardia. And uh, actually, I really have to take a piss, so uh, we'll be right back. break time? Yeah, you want to take a break? <laughs> break it. All right, folks, uh, we will be right back. And we are back. Uh, we're still here. We're still queer. And I am urine free. Let's continue this New York tale. Tale of New York. The bad part about it, at least. <laughs> so anyway, I go, I get the Uber, I go straight to LaGuardia. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought I made it in time to, like, check in and go into, like, the, the airport proper. Right. Nope. TSA was already gone, and uh, Delta was just closing up. So, oh. so, I, so I was able to get my bag checked in. But, uh, no, I had to spend the night out in the entrance area where, like, you get the luggage and shit. <laughs> spent have about eight hours in there, so. Oh, no. So, so I spent eight hours there. It was fine at first. You know, I just watched YouTube videos and read a little bit. Mm-hmm. Then it got progressively worse because it was fucking freezing. Hmm. Due to their air conditioner, and it was raining, so. Mm. And here's the thing. Uh, one of my many, many things I learned while traveling, always bring a sweatshirt. Like, oh, no, yeah. no matter what the weather is, always bring one. You know, Douglas mm-hmm. Adams said, always bring a towel. Nay, I say bring a sweatshirt. So I could have easily have put on a sweatshirt, but the problem was I had my sweatshirt buried in my backpack, which by this time I considered bed bug infested. So I spent the, I don't know, remaining three or three hours or so, basically freezing out there. You know, I did the whole thing where like you pull your arms into your shirt and everything. I had a similar experience in the Pittsburgh Greyhound station. Man, very cold. Yep. So then finally it rolls around. Everything starts opening up. I'm one of the first people in line. I get through all that shit. And I get into the airport proper. You know, I find I find everything. And I realize I'm still fucking freezing. Mm-hmm. And by this time, I'm, like, starting to get, like, really tired. But I can't relax because I'm freezing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go buy a sweatshirt. For $45. That was... Indeed, I did. Because uh, <laughs> there's two types. There's, like, the pullover hoodies for $45. Mm-hmm. I love New York. Mm-hmm. Or they had regular sweatshirts, which I prefer, but they were like for their baseball teams, mm-hmm. seventy-five bucks. Good lord! And top it off, there's none my size. There's no three X. The largest one was XL. Mm-hmm. So I got like a black "I Love New York" one, and and I just had to go pay for it at a self-serve machine. There was no one there. Yeah. I honestly thought about stealing it there and then because there's no one to fucking around. <laughs> but no, I paid 45 bucks for a sweatsh- for a hoodie that mm-hmm. 
team it fit me like it was on tight mm-hmm. but it made me warm so yeah so i went to like my uh where i was supposed to get get my plane at mm-hmm. and like i was i was just sleeping on and off you know <sighs> uh, that shit mm-hmm. finally i get on my plane and same thing the whole way like you ever like wake up and then realize you were snoring yeah Yep, it was that. I'm sure the person next to me just loved me the entire time. I'm sure. Like, the two hours there I am just... There's no doubt about it. Just being on a plane with other human beings just fucking blows. Especially as a solo traveler, because you just get stuck in the weirdest fucking places. I know, but by this time, I was so tired and cold and itchy that I just didn't care. I, like, passed the fuck out on the plane. Yeah. So... And the fun does not end. I get back to Grand Rapids, and uh, first stop I make is at the local Meyer mm-hmm. to buy food because I was hungry, mm-hmm. and to buy any kind of like bed book spray I could find. Right. And I found some Raid, but it's different than the one that I used in New York. This mm-hmm. one said it was for like wood panels only. I couldn't find anything else there, mm-hmm. so I'm like, fuck it. So I buy like two of those. I get home. I leave my backpack in the car because I consider it infested. Mm. I get in my house. I undress, throw everything into a garbage bag, just tie it up. Mm-hmm. Get in the shower. <laughs> just the longest, hardest shower I've ever taken. Just wash in my the life. New York right out. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> scrubbed myself so hard, even I couldn't believe it. I relax in my room for a bit. I eat. And I try. And I go to sleep. And I do. But not without, like, feeling my legs ping, as I call it. Like, I would relax, and I, I would feel like there's something on my leg. Mm-hmm. I would check, nothing. Mm-hmm. This would go on for, like, the rest of my rest of my vacation. It was a nine-day trip, by by state for five days. Mm-hmm. The rest of the trip, well, to sum up the rest of my time off, I took a day trip to Muskegon, to Kalamazoo. I saw a musical in Saga Talk. I saw UFC in the theaters. I thought you were going to say UFO. <laughs> no. UFC, <Fuck>. brother. <laughs> no, so... That's way I, more manly. Basically, I did... I tried my best to make to keep myself occupied. Instead of, like, sitting around fearing I was infested with bed bugs. So, yeah, I sleep for hours. Later that night, I go to my local laundromat. And I just wash everything twice i nuke it in the in the dryer and during this whole time i'm spraying down my backpacks and my car right so like the three people that were there had the pleasure of seeing me just with a big bottle with like a bed bug on it with like a cross on it <laughs> just shh. i'm sure they loved that i know <laughs> and i kept it in the car too like my backpack when I was out and about, I brought it with me because I didn't trust to bring it in my house. And every night before I would go to bed, I would just spray it down along with my car, you know, so that the next morning it wouldn't smell. Yeah, I did that for like four days, just sprayed the shit out of my fucking backpack mm-hmm. until finally the final on Saturday, the USC night, I was like, it's time to bring it in. Mm-hmm. I brought it in. And, like 40 bed bugs come crawling out of it. No, that was my fear. <laughs> but uh, I think I did. I think I got 
Either I got fucking lucky and they didn't come, mm-hmm. or I nuked them all pretty much. Good. And thankfully, the pinging that I was feeling my legs, which is, I guess, a form of PTSD when you encounter bed bugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it slowly went away after that. Good. Probably because I had that fear that I was infested. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, when I was looking up, when I was in denial that it was bed bugs, I was looking up and say, like, so that I would get lists for shit like, 10 things people think are bed bugs, but they're really not. Mm-hmm. Be like, number one, fleas. I'm like, that doesn't make me feel any fucking better. Nope. And then there'd be like, you know, mosquitoes and ticks and a bug that starts with a C, but I'm not going to say it because it sounds like a racial slur. Mm-hmm. But uh, it could have been fleas. I'm not sure. Like, all I know is I was getting eaten up in this shitty flop house. (laughs) And on a good note, though, I booked through Booking.com, and I'm legitimately impressed here. Like, I made my claim while I was waiting at the airport. Like, hey, I had to leave early due to emergency. I was told to contact you, blah, blah, blah. Sent the message, sent the trip number. Yeah, they got back to me before I fell asleep, saying, like, we have... have, uh, we have received your request and we will refund basically half around half the money I spent. It's like nice. over 300 bucks. Well, that's good. Yeah. Then the very next day I got the money back. Like usually whenever I get holes like this, it takes like a week, but no booking.com dude, they, they, Sick. they amazed me. Hell yeah. I'm actually going to use them a lot more now. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like a little bit more than others. Cause I know I can trust them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's the bad part about New York. I know I know you're saying yourself, listeners. Gary, Garrett, did you have a good time at all? Indeed, I did, actually. I did have a good time overall. Like, it was mm-hmm. fairly split in the middle. So, the list I had, like, I had, like, the big landmarks. Then, mm-hmm. like, just some little places I want to check out. So, I would say I got, like, three quarters of my list visited. And it was mostly, like, the big stuff, like... Oh, here's Times Square. Mm-hmm. There's Carnegie Hall. Oh, shit, Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. It's basically me, like, walking around, like, taking pictures and that. Mm-hmm. Tourist stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I took the Staten Island Ferry, which was free. That surprised me. Passed by the Statue of Liberty twice. Which I thought would take me to the Statue of Liberty, but no, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, uh... to Staten Island. Yep, so, uh... So, yeah, I hung around Greenwich Village a lot. You know, great place. You know, the Beats were there. Mm-hmm. Bob Dylan and the Folkies were there. And it's expensive as shit now, but it still kind of had that feel. Like, I've, I've visited also, like, the Stonewall Inn, where, you know, the mm-hmm. first Pride took place. Mm-hmm. I ate the riot. Yeah. And, uh... Yeah, also, like, visit John Lennon's memorial slash grave in Central Park. Nice. Central Park was amazing, too, by the way. Just so fucking fucking big. Man, what a place that is. So beautiful, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I visited that, and also where J.D. Salinger murdered him, which was right across the street. Now, it's amazing what you can do when you you wrote The Catcher in the Raw. You can... Mark David Chapman. No, no, it's J.D. Salinger. He's trying to... He's trying to fool you into thinking Chapman did it. That tracks. I mean, he killed Lennon. He tried to assassinate Reagan, which was based, but didn't succeed. 
Gosh, Salinger I, got away with a lot, you know? Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh, man, it's the entire 1980s right there. I know. Coupled with one book that was written while... Yep. In World you, can write, you can write one of the greatest novels of all time. You can kill a famous musician, try to assassinate a president, and then die in your 90s in Cornish, New Hampshire. Well, Phony-ass red hat. <sighs> Fucking phonies. So phony, I'm gonna kill them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, did that Vis- visit uh, like where the the street in Greenwich Village where they took the photo of Bob Dylan's second album, the freewheeling Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. You can barely recognize it now because a lot of trees there. Mm-hmm. Visit CBGB's, which is now like a flower shop, but they have like a lot of punk rock stuff mm-hmm. in there, and like the walls where like the Ramones took pictures of their first two album covers nice no that's good that they actually kept some of that stuff to at least try well you really can't recognize some right until unless unless you're a nerd like me who's like look up photos online and shit like okay yeah, so it yeah. wasn't like curated by the business yeah, like, yeah they're, they're not there's no wall. yeah there's no okay. plaque saying like Got it. here the Ramones took the first picture of their album mm. But, I mean, the history of the buildings is undeniable. I know. That's how I get spiritual, is visiting mm. places for, like, my heroes. Mm-hmm. Literary, music, whatever. It's like, they were here. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah, that's that. that's yeah. how I get spiritual, I guess. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, uh, but I went to the ocean twice. First time was Rockaway Beach. Mm-hmm. Again, another famous Ramon song. Mm-hmm. Rock, 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 away beach. We can hitch a ride to rock, away beach. <laughs> it was all right. Swimming. Second time ever swimming in the ocean. Okay. God, I got the shit beat out of me this time, though. Like, It moves. I know. The fucking ocean. It moves, yeah. No, it was rougher this time around. The first time I swam was uh, in Brighton, England. Okay. Yeah. And it was much calmer there, but nope. Waves were just beating the shit out of all of us. It was still fun, but wow. Oh, and also, they do not fuck around when it comes to, like, when the beach are closed. Because I guess they're technically, like, parks there. Yeah. So you just have park rangers, like, just yelling at people, get the fuck out of the water. Wow. They do not fuck around. Apparently. Oh, and apparently, like, a few weeks before at Rockaway, uh, a woman was attacked by a shark. Sweet. So they had, like, at the beginning of the day there, where they officially opened the beaches, they would have, like, drones flying around to make sure there's no sharks in the area. That's hilarious, dude. Honestly, I think I would have preferred to have swam at Coney Island. The beach there was a lot better. <clears throat> yeah, and, uh, oh, my, well, probably my favorite part, the very first night, I once again met Jake Flores of, us. Nice. Uh, my favorite podcaster of Pod Damn America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, they have a thing called uh, Pay Protests, which is a monthly comedy show that they do for the New York DSA, Democratic mm-hmm. Socialists. Mm-hmm. It's a fundraiser show. Okay. So he was performing that night along with Anders Lee and Alex Patak, his two hosts of Pod Damn America. Okay. I'm like, holy shit, I can make that. Nice. So I go there to Brunswick at a place called Silo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see them perform, and yeah, I meet Jake again. He's fun as always. He's actually, like, his last few weeks in New York. He's now moved to L.A. Oh, dang. Yeah, I met 
I met Anders Lee. He was really nice. Fortunately, I did not get to meet Alex Patak. He was off somewhere. Now I got a picture with them. And actually, I think I disappointed Jake a little bit because this is my first day there. And before I went to that show, I went immediately to Times Square and Central Park, mm-hmm. my very first places. I told him this, and he's like, <sighs> I disappointed Jake Flores. He's like, uh, fucking tourist stuff. It's expensive. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, dude. I'm going to do a lot of cool stuff this week. <laughs> this is my first time here, so, you know, I'm going to do it all. Mm-hmm. He was right. New York, it's expensive as shit. Yeah. Like, not only is it expensive, but a lot of them have limits on how much you can drink at these places. Mm-hmm. Which is weird, because it's so expensive. It's like, why would I buy more than one $10 beer? Yeah. So, I encountered that a lot. The worst offender was uh, uh, Cafe Wa in Greenwich Village. Okay. Cafe Wa is a famous... Well, it was a cafe. Now it's just a nightclub. Mm-hmm. Where, like, the Beats, Jack Kerouac, Ginsburg, Corso, all read poetry. Where, you know, Bob Dylan, David Van Ronk, Joan Baez, they all performed there. Mm-hmm. No, it was a legendary venue. And I'm surprised it was still around. I thought it closed down. I just came across him when I was walking around. I'm like, oh, shit. So I go in there. Yeah, 20 bucks to get in there. There's that. And I had to be, like, led to a, to my seat. I couldn't just go sit down. It was crowded in there. Mm-hmm. And they had a band performing. That was just covers. Because this is also the week that uh, I think Robbie Robertson of the band passed away. So a lot of band covers. Like The Weight and whatnot. So I get there and uh, I order my first beer. Fucking $6 beer. So I'm like, okay, I'll have one beer and then go. Because I was already very disappointed. Right. So I drink my beer. I ask the guy, like, oh, I'm ready for my check. He's like, oh, sorry, sir. You have to order two beers before you can leave. (laughs) Two drink minimum, baby. Yeah, we all like, "Um, excuse me? Because when I think of, like, two drink minimum, like, that's all you can drink at all. Not like you're required to get two drinks. Well, that's what minimum is. <laughs> not not the minimum that I know of. No, it's true. God, I feel like a hick. Anyway, so, I was about to argue with this guy, because, but the problem was, like, I couldn't just say, like, pay him in cash like I wanted. Mm-hmm. No, he took my fucking credit card. He's like, yeah. oh, sir, give me your credit card. I'm like, no, I'll pay cash. Well, sir, we need your credit card. Yeah, then. to start the tab. Then yeah, so, card. yeah, I paid in cash, but he kept my fucking credit card hostage. So I had to order another $6 beer while watching this shitty band play in this boiling, <laughs> legendary venue. What a New York experience. I know. So I was very pissed. I get out. And I was right next to the comedy cellar, famous comedy venue. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get there, couldn't get in there if I wanted, because the line for it around the block. Damn. And it probably would cost me just as much to get in there too. Likely. And dude, I did not find one beer that was under six bucks in New York. Maybe mm-hmm. Jake was probably right. Like you have to like get outside of like Manhattan and mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. But the whole time I'm thinking like, God, I could have gotten like a 
$3 old style in Chicago right now for this price. All it's those that, prices you're naming are fucking cheap as balls yeah, compared to Euro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was paying it's, it's four so, and a half Euro for a fucking espresso machine out of a dispenser at a fucking, like, Walgreens. That's, that's, still, that's still cheaper, like... Look, London, four and Lon- a half dollars for an espresso is London. Four and a half euros. Lon- is for, from what I remember, London is cheaper than New York. That's saying a lot. Fair. That's fair. So yeah, uh, my money, the grand that I saved up for the trip, went fairly quickly because you know, mm-hmm. fucking six dollar Heinekens and shit mm-hmm. everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> At least God. give me a two-hearted for $6. Yeah, jeez. But no, those ones were 12 So, yeah, um, that was my trip from to New York. You know, I had half of it was terrible, half of it was good. Then, like, a smidgen was, and it's just too expensive. I sent my parents a postcard from, uh, from uh, Staten Island, mm-hmm. and I wrote down on there, like, New York is great, but Chicago and Toronto are more my style. It is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. I prefer Chicago and Toronto to New York. All right. So, overall, New York City, probably the second worst week-long trip I've ever taken. The first one still is uh, 2020 when I stayed here in Kalamazoo at that writer's retreat. <laughs> that fucking yeah. failed. Yep. You remember it. I do. Which, by the way, it just shows how old this podcast is. Yeah, I know. Fuck. I'm not even at 100 episodes yet. <laughs> I've been doing this for like five or six years now. That's nuts. So, yeah, New York, baby. I tried to, uh, I wanted to go back, go back again this Thanksgiving for the Macy Day Parade. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, I can't afford it. So, try again next year. Right. Oh, I wasn't even thinking New Year's because, you know. Every time you turn on for New Year's, where is it? Times Square, New York. Yeah. Again, can't afford it, but I'm thinking of either going to Indianapolis or Windsor for New Year's. Nice. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't... Yeah. I don't make plans anymore. (laughs) Plans are dumb. No, you should not expect... just never happen. You should never expect anything. (laughs) You should just stick around. Stop making art. Give up. Your dreams are stupid. Just die. Pretty much. Kill yourself. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't go that far, but I mean, dying is cool. In, in Fortnite. In Fortnite. Yeah, don't. In the outer worlds. You hear that, FBI? I am making a joke. <laughs> Do you have to put a trigger warning on this podcast now? <laughs> No, I never have done that. I know. I'm just I'm trying to give you episode titles. <laughs> no, I am not going to call this episode trigger warning. No, yep. it's not trigger warning. It's the exact phrase. Do you have to put a trigger warning on this episode now? Could be the title of the episode. Not trigger warning. That's like a fucking five-finger death punch song. What the hell? Yeah, man? or a Joe Rogan album. <laughs> sure. or, or a comedy special, which is actually true. Is it? Yeah, he has a Netflix special called Trigger Warning. Oh, All I these... thought it was Triggered. Oh, yeah, Triggered. Okay, yeah, yeah. God, it's the same <laughs> fucking shit. I hadn't even thought of that. That's true. These people suck so goddamn much. Yeah. <laughs> triggered. You're sounding pretty triggered. 
<laughs> now, let's move on to some more positive things. Year in review, like we said. Uh-huh. Uh, so, aside from uh, your trip to Amsterdam and you saw that uh, your, one of your favorite prog rock acts, mm-hmm. uh, AR shows that you've gone to this year that are notable? I went... Well, I mean, I go to concerts all the time, but a lot of times it's for work. I just... It's not the same for me. And, like... I don't know. Like, going to see shows is so weird. Like, yeah, I've definitely seen shows. But I... Oh, yeah, I went to see um, Dream Theater, Animals as Leaders, and Devin Townsend in Detroit at St. Andrew's Hall last month. How was that? that It was great. Dream Theater is old, and... Mike Portnoy is no longer in them, and so that's all I have to say about them. I took a great picture of James Labrie, and it looks like he's smelling his own wrist. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Um, but that was a pretty chill concert. We paid extra to be in the GA sa- in seated area right in front of the stage, so like that was good. Like we had a good unobstructed view, and like the the bouncers were cool. They let us come up to the front for a few minutes to just like get a good view from each band. Like they wouldn't let us push it, but we got to go up front up for a little while. And then um, like f- fucking animals as leaders is just like killing it right now, dude. Like all three of those players are just pushing the envelope in just so many different ways, like in their techniques and in their equipment and in their, um, like writing style. And and the drummer as well is just like very, very forward thinking with absolutely everything that they're they're doing. I just fucking love that band. The first time I saw them was opening for Meshuggah in Chicago at the house of blues in like fucking 2012 or something like that with my ex-girlfriend and she just like bitched the entire time and I basically (laughs) didn't even get to fucking hear and I just remember puffing on a blues e-cig like the brand BLU um, electronic cigarettes that were like forever ago like I had bought one of those for like $25 at a fucking bodega and I was, like, trying to cover up the light on it and hit it. And we were, like, way, way, way in the back of, like, the upper balcony in the House of Blues up against the wall. And she just did not want to be there. And then, fuck, what did she do? She left her pants in the fucking bed at at the Hilton. Her pants? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the effect I have on women. I don't know what to tell you. That's not what your life is like. Chicks leaving their fucking pants in the fucking hotel room bed. (laughs) Zach Elmblad, <laughs> leaving pants in, in the hills. <laughs> breakfast, pe- dude. Some men drop panties. <laughs> Others leave pants. It's the entire pants, yeah. There's usually, like, a, a combo, like, because the panties get, like, bunched in the pants. So it's, like, a little pant monster. Five-finger like five panty punch. You, you see the, the little pockets in the back and the, and the zippery part of the front are, like, the outside of the pants, but then the inside of the pants are like pulled out with the underwear, <laughs> like pulled, like the pants are pulled through the legs of the underwear. You, oh, okay. you have to know, you have to have experienced this phenomenon before. Maybe. Like the, the hastily removed female garments, like they just have a, 
a, a lay structure, like the way that they fall. I will not. Common. I will not confirm or deny. This. <laughs> All right, carry on. <laughs> we, did we have a topic of conversation? Yeah, concerts we've seen. This oh year. yeah, that's right. Oh, that was. I'm even the one talking. Christ. Um. Uh. Yeah, I've, I've seen a bunch of great local shows, dude. Like, um, Jake Simmons and the Little Ghosts. Um, is a local band that I saw that just like recently got back together and chose to use the program that I'm involved with to like play out some of their songs for the first time on stage in a while and it was a, a great time. Um, Christ, what else? I was supposed to run sound for a Fleetwood cover, a Fleetwood Mac cover band two weeks ago that Oof. got rained out. Dude, that would have been so much fun. The chick that was really? fucking insane. Oh my god, do you not like Fleetwood Mac? No! What the fuck? Why do you think that I would not have a good time running sound for a fucking prog rock cover band, dude? Tell me. Oh, wait. It's pro- uh, wait. Fleetwood Mac? It's a prog rock cover band of Fleetwood Mac. A cover band of Fleetwood Mac, the prog rock band from the 1970s. Dude. Wait, wait, have you literally ever listened to Fleetwood Mac? Like the entire Rumors record, it's progressive rock. Like Genesis was coming out. That's what the definition really, of progressive right? rock is, is. Is like those bands that okay, were pushing my, it. Like I Peter admit, Green's Fleetwood I admit, Mac. I admit, yeah. when I think of prog rock, I think of... Lindsey Buckingham played think, the fucking think, shit out of the guitar. I think game. Rush when I think of prog rock. That was way later. That was that's, 15 years later. That's why my view of the genre is screwed, right? skewed right mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I'm just an elitist, though. Because I just think it's Neil Perkins. I count. Dude, I count Fleetwood. Fleetwood Mac counts as prog rock to me. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Dude, dude. I'm so afraid. The fucking song. Dude, seriously, listen to that song on the way home, dude. What? They're fucking prog rock. But anyway, the, the, the female singer that was supposed to be singing both the Christine McVie and Stevie Nicks parts, which is flat out fucking amazing, is this woman named Kate Rose, who is the front lady for a self-titled band in town as well. And I've worked with her. And my fucking God, is she good, dude. She's just like a mom. But she just, like, belts the shit out. And, like, her songwriting is spot on. And, like, I've... I've, Like... That program has welcomed a lot of like really strong rock influenced female singer songwriters with with that are um, leading bands like kind of like assemblage bands of just like washout dudes from the scene and like I probably done a half a dozen of of those show those type of shows where it's like great female sing singer songwriter with a mediocre backing band consisting of washed out bros from the Kalamazoo and Grand Rapids music scene. Like there's a lot of them and they're really fucking good. And, um, yeah. So yeah, I've seen some good concerts, but it's all local bands, stuff that a a nationwide audience wouldn't have, wouldn't be familiar with other than that, that dream theater (laughs) show that I went to and Arion. But like, I don't know. I've probably seen other shit, dude. Life's a blur. Life is pain. Everything is meaningless. (laughs) Garrett just like pauses and stares out of the corner of his eye at his computer screen. This motherfucker's checking Mm. the time. No, No, I'm not. Actually, I am seeing bad religion tonight, but... 
Oh, that's right. You do have activities. I just yeah. have to do fucking banking. I'm not excited about that. <laughs> yeah, my night's going to be a lot better than yours. But, uh, but no, man, this is going to be a very nihilistic podcast. It's fun. <laughs> you and Albert came as both. This is fun. <laughs> but, uh, well, I guess I can tell about my concerts. There's mm-hmm. about four in particular that were knowable. In the summer, July, mm-hmm. I saw Flo Rida perform at the Cherry Festival in Traverse City. Okay. And awesome. Was Florida these days. Flo Rida. Yeah. Get it? Because it's Florida. But yeah, yeah. Him. But he's from Florida, right? Did yeah. he tell you about how Florida was these days? I don't know who no. Flo Rida is. I'm just no. asking how Florida is. <laughs> You just don't get the name. I just fucking love words is just the problem here. And you're wearing headphones, and I'm not. Okay. Actually, you kind of hurting my ears here. That's my fault. But anyway, so I saw Flo Rida, and yeah, dude, he put on a great fucking show. Like, mm-hmm. a true showman. Mm-hmm. Like, he know how to work the crowd, and uh, he would introduce his songs. Like, with the way where, like, it references the song that you know is going to come up. Like, sure. Like, he's like, yeah, you know, I was drinking this, and, you know, it made my head spin right round to introduce the song Right Round, which is about, I don't know, getting head from a girl. You know, he tries to, like, make it out to be, like, a part of your song, not about oral sex. Yeah, so he played all the hits there. And uh, and unfortunately, he introduced a new song where uh, it was, like, a party rock version of Oh, What a Night by Frankie Val in the Four oh, Seasons. That song's great. Flo Rida's song, not so much. Isn't that... It's late September... Okay, yeah, that is Frankie Val. Back in 63, was a very special time for me. What a lady, oh, what a night. What did I fucking... I was listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire. I Dancing in September. That's what I, I, yeah, that, I confused I that mean, for a second. Oh, yeah. Frankie Valley still has, like, that high-pitched voice like Earth, Wind, Fire. Yeah, man. Well, I was just digging on Earth, Wind, and Fire in Parliament and the Commodores and shit this morning at, like, 5. Like, I woke up dog-ass early, like, before the fucking sun and, like, went outside and had a smoke on the porch and I was just listening to fucking... Nice. And I'm gonna get Easy like yep. Sunday morning. Dude, just fucking Lionel Richie on a Sunday morning and it's cold as balls and all your fucking plants on the porch are dead. The sun comes up. October. Yep. So yeah, uh, Flo Rida, he was awesome. And uh, and then... Uh, I know not, it sounds funny. And then the next, the next notable show I saw was just the complete opposite of Flo Rida. By which I mean it was Death Grips. Death Grips. Yep, saw Death Grips and worst fucking crowd I have ever been in. Just the most brainwormed, fucking <laughs> ironic, meme pilled shitheads you could think of. Like, meme pilled. Holy shit. Uh, first of all, there's a big portion of them if that. Reddit looked, was a person. Yeah, it pretty much was, yeah. I mean, there's guys there that looked exactly like Anthony Fantano, the world's busiest music nerd. Meaning, like, they had, they were bald, they had glasses, and they wore flannel shirts. There was that. You had fucking guys wearing, like, propeller hats. <laughs> like, they, like, 
Donald Duck's nephews. You know how they wear those hats that have like propellers on yeah, them? I know, yeah, yeah, they they are wearing that. Uh, you had like true metal heads and rivet heads there, mixed in with like all these ironic memers. <laughs> and when we were waiting, because they were the only band there, there was like no openers. Some guy uh, put up his phone and he is playing like best of Peter Griffin compilation. Everyone's just freaking the fuck out watching Family Guy clips on the mosh floor. It was so awful. I couldn't believe it. Fuck the crowd. The children are not okay. But then the death grip, the the death grips came on. They were awesome. Very intense. You know, MC Ride did a great show. Did not interact with the audience at all. He just performed the songs. And said he didn't wave or say hi, how you doing? Just fucking performed. To be fair, Bob Dylan, when I saw him, did that too. That's what Neurosis did when I saw Neurosis. It was one of the most fucking weird experiences of my whole yeah. life watching that band because they were playing like you weren't even there. Yeah. But they fucking killed it. Like it wasn't a bad show yeah. at all. It was the same thing but with yeah, Death Grips. It was like we didn't exist as the audience. They were just playing into their in ear monitors and just chilling. But like it was good as fuck, dude. One of the best shows I've ever seen. But yeah, it's yeah, just that, so weird when they just there's no audience yeah. interaction at all. Yeah, that, and I don't know how I feel about it because sometimes I like it. Well, Death Grips, I understand, which I'll get to in a sec. But all right. He performed all the songs except for the one guillotine. You know, it goes, it goes, it goes, it goes, it goes. Guillotine. Is that how it goes? Yeah. I actually don't know the song. Yeah. How familiar are you with them? None. Oh, you should get. You should get more. Sure. Yeah. yeah they're really great, dude. Yeah. I really love them. But uh, so then they leave, and then you get the other two members who aren't MC Ride. You know, they like, you know, like wave goodbye to, uh, you know, the rock and roll sign. And then, what you just did was the hang loose sign, but okay. Yeah, there, there we go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So then I leave, and I learned that while my friends here in Kalamazoo was there that I didn't know about, mm-hmm. we were interacting through Facebook, and he's like, "Yeah, sorry for the smell there." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Oh, uh, someone took a shit in the pits, and then people were just moshing and dancing on top of it." Oh. Yeah, I was off to the side because I'm like way too old for pits now. Same, bro. Yeah, but apparently <laughs> someone took a fucking dump at, at the Death Grip show and no one cared. It just made them more friends. Did I ever tell you about the show that I was DJing at when somebody <laughs> took a shit in the hat on the dance floor? No, what? It what? was, I mean, basically exactly as described, except you couldn't see anything because the fog machine was on the entire <laughs> time. So, like, in the fog, some person. <coughs> took a shit in a hat and then threw it into the middle of the dance floor <laughs> and then we're all of a sudden everybody's slipping and sliding all over the dance floor and it smells like shit but none of us can see our feet because the fog is so thick and then next thing you know there's like everyone's like is there shit on the carpet and then somebody had to go get like a giant fucking on box the carpet fan. white carpet fuck dude, so it was in a basement and they opened like the the sliding glass door that went out to the backyard and put an industrial fan blowing out to clear out all the fog. And yeah, there was just shit streaks all over the fucking floor. We like, they canceled the party. We fucking like, while we were 
taking down <sighs> all the DJ equipment because I brought the PA, of course. And it was a Halloween party and everyone was dressed up, so no one has any idea who shit in the hat. And, like, the party cleared out and we're cleaning up and the, like, hosts of the party are, like, gagging and, like, what are we going to do, dude? Like, it's ground into the fucking carpet. (laughs) And they're just, like, they've got a steam cleaner. It's not working. They're scrubbing. It's not working. It's just spreading shit everywhere. You're DJing this whole time. Well, we stopped playing music after the shit incident. So, like, we're all just, like, I'm clean. I'm, I'm dressed in a... In a purple velvet top hat. Perfect. I've, I've taken out all of my earrings and put in glow sticks instead of earrings. <laughs> and I'm wearing a, a fucking purple tuxedo with tails. And fucking like Jinko style crushed purple velvet pants. <laughs> At like I'm I was dressed up as the warden from Super Jail, right? <laughs> and so that was my costume. And the fucking fringes of my pants were covered in shit. And I didn't have a change of pants. So I had to like roll up the shit inside the pants and like roll them up to my knees to make like high water, high water jinkos. So like the shit stuff was like on my knees. How much shit was there? Dude, who, they they produced a massive loaf, whoever this was. And I like, mean, honestly, I, a little bit of shit when it's being smeared goes a long way, as I'm I, sure. I know that, but like when the, you said, like, a hat, I was expecting, like, a little turd or two. No, dude, somebody full-on took a, a massive shit in the hat. Like, well, they what kind fully of hat? Was this, like a top, their, was this, like, a top hat? No, it was, like, a trucker hat. Just, like, a like somebody oh. had, like, taken it off, you know. Oh. Like, found it in the basement and just shat in it and just, like, <laughs> tossed it into the fucking dancer. Like, we don't know how it happened because the fucking fog machine was... Every room in the basement was, like, people were fucking and doing... Tr- you know, like, it was a party, I, you know? I can't... I can't... I can't say quiet any longer. Zach, it was me. <laughs> it was you? Yeah. <laughs> it was I'm, Grand Rapids. I'm but, sorry. <laughs> I had to do it. I think you were living in Kalamazoo at the time because it was a long I time. went over for the night. Oh, I see. I see. I'm sorry, I had to do it. I just felt compelled. I'm kidding. You've never danced in human shit? No, I've... It's unpleasant. Do tell. (laughs) I did. I'll tell some more. Well, I mean... Well, like, how long did it take to clean it up? Well, I packed my shit, I packed my stuff, and got out of there. And then almost smoked a deer on the way home. It was like four in the morning when I was driving home. They were still cleaning up after like four in the morning. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they had to call in, like, Stanley Steamer or something to come, like, professionally clean the shit Of course, Stanley Steamer. Right? Oh, yeah. To, yeah. Well, you're right. That was good. And I walked right into it. <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> yeah, dude. So, yeah. Uh, hat shitting events. Um, you're only halfway through your concert experience stories, still, but yeah, my still, digression. Still to this, they yeah. say that they are still cleaning that up to this day. They could be. All right. Well, to end with it's death like grips, glitter. to end with death grips, uh, yeah, recently, uh, they ended their show early because, uh, people were throwing glow sticks at them. They just okay. walked off stage. You know, MC Ryan didn't like freak out or anything. Just it's not nice to have things thrown at you. I know. And on top of that, uh, during that show, people were pissing on the floor. So Grand Rapids, they were shitting uh, wherever they were at. They were pissing there. 
I can't imagine why MC Ride hates his audience. Human beings are trash, kind of. Yeah. All right, so the third noble show, Homeless Gospel Choir. Another band I don't know. Yeah, folk punk, folk punk outfit. Probably, in my opinion, to today, one of the best lyrical and most sincere folk punk acts. I just love the dude so much. Hmm. This is actually his, his last tour as Homeless Gospel Choir. He's going to go by his given name, Derek Zanetti, I believe his last name is. So yeah, it's a good show. He's playing with Harley Poe, who are like a horror punk, horror theme folk punk band. So, Homeless Gospel Choir goes on first. He ends up with my favorite song of his, Normal, which is just about how he got into punk rock. And he introduces the song, and he tells about how, like, as corny as it sounds, he uh, got into punk rock through Green Day, specifically their album, Dookie. Yeah, I know we were just talking about Dookie, but My yeah. childhood. Yeah, one of the great pop-punk albums of the early 90s. So he's telling the story. Then, just out of nowhere, we hear, No! 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 Someone's just screaming no out in the audience. He finishes the story, he like starts strumming, and this chick comes up on stage, like clearly drunk or high or whatever. And just kind of like just, you know, the whole standoff you see with someone who's yeah. hammered. They kind of just stare at you and walk like a zombie, kind of. Yes, they do. Yeah, so she's doing that, and Homeless Gospel Choir's like, uh, hi? She takes the mic and just says in a really sultry voice, Green Day is racist. And then she's, like, wandering around the stage trying to, like, pull down the curtain. And he goes, like, um, I'm sorry, folks, this is not part of the show. <laughs> she goes up again, Green Day is racist. And so, finally, Pyramid Scheme staff, bouncers came up. And who came up is uh, Vagabonds, a.k.a. their name is Luke, but their, ba- their professional musician name is Vagabonds. Okay. Really great band. I highly recommend them. This is another joke that I have, by the way, is that if you're a musician GR, you probably worked one time at the Pyramid Scheme. They hire musicians a lot. They do. Like, Thomas Gunn also worked there once. But anyway, so Luke, a.k.a. Vagabonds, goes up to stop them, and, and they are, like, a really tall, skinny individual. Not someone you would imagine as a bouncer. Mm. And, like... Gently escorts, talks to them, and escorts them off stage. And she is just kind of, like, starting to rage out. So they get to the back. We're like, and as Homeless Gospel Choir's performing normal, she tries to, like, rush past him and get through the crowd to, like, get back up on the stage. You know, the type where, like, you know, you try to, like, yeah. do, like, a football move to, like, get around them. I'm watching this. So, st- so he ends his set. They boot her out. Mm-hmm. He ends the set. I watch Harley Poe. And I leave, like, during their final song. And she's still out there, outside the pyramid scheme, just wandering around trying to, like, rearrange chairs. <sighs> what a world. Yep. So then, uh, my final, uh, well, well, tonight I'm seeing Bad Religion, as I said. Mm-hmm. This upcoming Saturday, go in Chicago, see Dead Mouse. Mm-hmm. 
then Eric Andre next Sunday. Mm-hmm. But before that, this past Tuesday, went to the shitter section, okay, the intersection. <laughs> and you know what? I really had a hankering for Christian electronic music. So I saw Owl City. You know who that is? I know who that is. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't realize that that was a way to characterize them, but I just know that. You? Look at the fireflies. I'm weird because I hate goodbyes. I, I got misty eyes as I looked away. You would not believe your eyes. <laughs> no. Um, Said uh, farewell. Whatever it is. Yeah, yeah I, I know who you that is. You would not believe your eyes. I didn't. Is he a little Christian man? Actually, he is. He's a devout Christian. And he's also on the autistic spectrum, which means like his songs are really wholesome and literal. So not just fireflies, but like he has one about how his dad is his hero. Like, I don't know. There's a sun kill moon song called I love my dad. Oh, I fucking hate sun kill moon. He's a piece of shit. All right. He is awful. He's, he's also a Trump supporter. I think. Oh, really? Him and Ariel pink from Ohio. So, I actually bought, like, a Sunkill Moon record at Reckless Records at, like, their $1 bin. Mm-hmm. Worst thing I've ever heard, because just him ranting over beats. Like, yeah, I, I went to Amsterdam, and I got fucked up. And I said, what the fuck? Why aren't you giving me my drugs? No, it's, it was like that. Like, you know the song Institutionalized by Suicidal Tendencies? Yeah. Yeah, imagine that, but shittier. Fair enough, that's not... So anyway, uh, all right, yeah. Owl City, Devout Christian, and On the Spectrum. So he's got like a lot I'm of... sorry, room. Mark Kozilek. Who? It's all good. Yeah, never mind. Yep. <laughs> I'm not getting your references. It's That's the guy, Sun Kill Moon. His name is Mark Kozilek. Oh, fu- oh fuck that guy. <laughs> anyway, so... Uh, so, yeah, uh, he actually had a new album out, Owl City, called coconut moon or something okay so he played a lot of songs from that he only played one hit song that was fireflies he didn't sing like always a good time or when will i see you again which are like big hits too which surprised me and uh it's a really wholesome night i don't want to close my eyes no that's aerosmith <laughs> wrong one i don't want to miss a thing I don't know, dude. Like, in a shitty nihilistic world we live in, I kind of do like something that's wholesome. Sure. Even if, plus, let's be honest, he, he, he concerns, he's a devout Christian, but he doesn't make Christian music. Even though they classify him as CEM, Christian electronic music. Like, there's no themes in there like, I love Jesus, so should you. Genres don't mean anything anymore. Yeah, everything's a blob. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was a really great show. It was really wholesome. He was really energetic. That's I, good. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's a lot better than Death Grips, who just ignores you and hates you the entire time. <laughs> Put it that way. Artistic catharsis is weird. Yep. Well, dude, I think we've been nearly two hours here. We should end this podcast with an advertisement of sorts. Okay. As folks may may or may not know, Zach and I have a new podcast that we are doing together. Mm-hmm. Now it's just it's unlike powerful hashtag powerful GSP where 
I have on guests and Zach to like talk shit. And I'm not a guest. I'm just a tolerable sidekick. <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're my editor. No, I, I could like Royce in Transmetropolitan. I smoke like sixteen cigarettes. Actually, I was thinking more like Hunter Thompson and like his attorney. <laughs> Zach, what? I should just start wearing one. Glove. I almost said Zach Laracho. Like, no, that's the Rage Against Machine guy. That is the Rage Against who, the Machine who, guy. Who, who was his attorney's name? He based Doctor Gonzo on. Yeah, him? I I'm drawing a blank. Uh, um, I'm embarrassed, and I will remember it within the next ten minutes. Well, until then, famous Cubano lawyer. Um, mysteriously fam- disappeared. Mysteriously disappeared. Most likely murdered by drug runners. Yep. Thrown in the ocean. Yeah, why did, I don't know why I can't think of his name right now. So, anyway, I do consider, just as he considered him his attorney, I consider you my editor. Mm-hmm. You know, we clearly do a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. And we are not on as nearly as much drugs. I am known for editing. Indeed you are. So, uh, God, what was I getting? Anyway, so yeah, we, Zach and I have teamed up together, Equal Partnership. Mm-hmm. And we have a new music, comedic music podcast. It's called The Cheeseburger Blues and an exploration into dad blues rock. Which, by the way, I noticed that when I've uploaded the two episodes so far, I say an exploration of dad blues rock. Okay. Which is not the title by Fucked Up. You could always make that the title. You no, can do whatever you want. No, I will not. It's your world, dude. It's Hey, it's our podcast. We're equal here. Though. Yeah, but you're the one that manages that shit because I don't like the internet. Really? Did you feel my stomach? That was wild. That was a fart. I thought you were shitting your No, pants. that was actually my fucking stomach. Like, I moved and it just, like, shifted or yeah. something. That was fucking so anyway, wild. Zach and I have this new podcast out. We are two episodes in. Uh mm-hmm. Fourth episode goes up tonight because we're having some technical difficulties with the third one. And uh, what he means is, I added them out of order because I'm not sh- smart. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, though, I know you've been busy with other stuff we won't talk about. Right. But I was kind of cringing thinking about you going through the third one because it's three hours fucking long. Yeah, it was. We sh- <laughs> it even was- even I'm like after we record that I'm like. Maybe we should have done cut this in half. <laughs> no two parters. Anyway, so yeah. You uh, listen to long format or you're a pussy. <laughs> There's two types of podcast <laughs> listeners. I still don't think I've yet to beat Joe Rogan though. I think the the longest he's ever done is like five hours or something. I think so. Yeah, I know he for like New Year's for like New, for like New Year's Eve or something. Yeah. But at that point, it's more like people are filtering in and out, and you can go piss, well, and it's a party. Well, yeah, it's a party. Recording it. Unlike yeah. here, where it's just us going off on shit. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, There's no party here. So, yeah. Uh, tell me, Zach. Get that vape and cough, though. Yep. So, uh, Zach, we're putting out the first season. Mm-hmm. It's a seasonal podcast. If we were more successful with our stuff, we do it weekly. But Tis the season. But we're trying our best to, like, do it the best we can. I feel like a weekly podcast for that topic would run out real fast. Although it is a never-ending cornucopia, I, I would. T- I just feel like that's 
I don't know. I would disagree, but... That's fair. But, but I also am not familiar with podcast pacing, and I suppose if they were a lot shorter, then weekly would make a lot more sense. Like 30-minute well, episodes. Because I think that's what you originally I, intended, right? No, I was thinking like an One hour, hour and a half. Yeah, which now, is what they've been. Well, the thing... The real problem is that you and I have other jobs to do. Like, we're not devoted... I don't have a to fucking the, job. Yes, you do. <laughs> Unplanned Media Group does editing, tiling... Um, <laughs> Fencing. Pimping. Pimping ain't easy, but I do do it. Yep, so uh, that's the reason why it's seasonal, because, like, okay, we want to put out this podcast, but we can't be as devoted as our favorite podcasters, how we do it. But I am oh, devoted. Let, oh, let's, pu- let's put out a season instead. Mm-hmm. Then between seasons, we'll do extra servings, which are, like, fun episodes we do once in a while. Like French fries that are cold. Exactly. Yeah, so uh, it's really good, folks. You should check it out. It's available on all your streaming platforms. And uh, I think we should close this out with a preview, actually. Okay. Okay, so uh, at, when we're going through the process, and you know what? We have an introduction episode that to this series. So you could go listen to that to like hear about how the, that podcast came together and mm-hmm. all the ethos and that. I'm not going to rehash it here but when i was like going through like performers and bands and albums i wanted to check out Mm -hmm. i really intentionally looked into kid rock Mm -hmm. i'm like okay he's gotta have one blues song i I couldn't i couldn't find any that's surprising me yeah like the closest i heard was like a shitty rap song where like it starts out kind of like a bluesy number but then he just goes into rapping yeah, no, I don't even think that the Twisted Brown Trucker band had blues rock in their repertoire. I think it was a country yeah. western yeah, like, pr- rock band. Yeah, it's hip hop, it was country yeah, western, yeah. it was new metal. Mm-hmm. But boy, the '90s were a fun yep, fucking. But uh, Kid Rock was like a fucking wannabe white Detroit rapper that could never quite piece the words together in the same yeah. way. Yeah, like yeah, well, then he blew up with Devil Without Cause. Yeah, he's going platinum. Indeed, he has. I, I dude, I saw Kid Rock on that tour. Oh, you did? Uh, yeah, Devil Without a Cause tour with the fucking full. Like, they had a facade of, like, it looked like a French Quarter facade with just, like, the iron grates and just, like, strippers in yeah. every window. And he came out in a fucking white mink coat. Dude, the opening acts were Power Man 5000 and <laughs> Buck Cherry. Well, it was the new Mel era. 1998. And I would say. Say out of all like the new metal rappers, Kid Rock was probably one of the better, best one of them. Him and Mike Shinoda, Lincoln Park. Oh yeah, I mean Mike Shinoda was. Oh yeah, he's actually ex- talented. Yeah, he's yeah. A, oh he's excellent. It's Kid Rock like, might have gotten some good takes, but he was a trash live performer. Was he drunk? Presumably, I mean, yeah, he was actively drinking. Like, oh, what were you would have been drinking at that time? What's a Crown Royal, probably? Yeah. Some Cavassier, yes. Yeah, well, that, no, Strohs was after that. Oh, um, even yeah, it's the Detroit thing. But I don't even think Strohs had come back at that point. This, really, it was early, way or er, way early. I don't know the history of Strohs. I don't know either. But uh, partially talking out of my ass. But I thought that Strohs like went away for a while and then came back. Oh, I didn't know that. So, I thought so, but yeah, I could so, be wrong. Hell, I don't know. Actually, you know, it's one thing I know because I do like Kid Rock as a rapper, and I've listened to his rap songs. Mm-hmm. 
dude, surprisingly, he talks about doing hard drugs, or at least he implies it. Hmm. Like, heroin and that. Hmm. Which is really weird. Even, like, his songs, like, I Am the Bull, Bull God, mm-hmm. he says, like, and I'm tripping. And it just shows, like, him with all these, presumably, sex workers, like, just strung out on junk. It's really weird, actually. I'm like, you know, he promotes himself as, like, a cowboy and pimp of the nation. Yeah, well, you never, that? You never hear junkie, though. I go behind the garage and, and fire, fire it up. up. Which yeah, is funny because it was uh, about meth. Yeah, which is funny because uh, Violent J, in his memoir, Behind the Paint, talked about when Kid Rock blew up. He was surprised by it. He's like, yeah, then suddenly Kid Rock's back. I thought he was dying at, dying at crack house by now. <laughs> right. But yeah, anyway, dude. anyway, so the second episode we were there's doing, a Green Day song about meth. Oh really? They did a bunch of meth. Holy <laughs> crap! Did those guys do meth? Same, the album that came same, off same after with, Dookie. Same Holy with shit. same with Three Eye Blind. They got <clears throat> the whole song about that. Mm-hmm. No, what was it? I wish you would step off of that, that ledge, ledge, my, my friend. friend. Yeah. No, I think it's the other one. Uh, I can't remember songs. Oh, by the way, uh, speak of that. Okay, I was talking about Homeless Gospel Choir. You know, chick goes up there, Green Day's racist. Mm-hmm. I did look that up. The closest I could find was, like, on their last album, they put out a protest song that was anti-racist. And they say the N-word in it. So maybe that's where she got that from. Mm. So anyway, uh, Kid taste. Yeah, Yeah, not a good idea if you're white. Don't do that. Yes. Like I get, I like, like I get what you're going at, but just, just don't. Even me as a like lifelong free speech activist, like I still accept limits on free speech, like yeah, willingly. Well, just with the culture, inflammatory t- speech is hate speech. It doesn't yeah. matter how you slice it, dog. Yeah, it's, it's one just of those, not good to do. It's one of those things where it's like, dude, why would you put yourself through that? Right, uh, respecting words as a wordsmith and as a purveyor of words, and having made like significant amounts of money off of words, like it's very important to me. And like, free speech is fucking fundamental, but also, dude. Piss up a rope with your fucking racist shit. That's it's really that, bullshit. Like they weren't being racist, but they mm-hmm. just use that to be anti-racist. And oh, I know, I so, get, I get it. But, but even it's, still, it's, it's just like, not for us. Yeah, like, just, yeah, just, just take don't. the word out. Don't you do don't it. need it. Don't do it. <laughs> anyway, so uh, profundity is also a word that we don't need yeah. to use that often. Yeah. Like, speak, speak of racist shit. Uh, Hank Williams Jr. Our uh, <laughs> for the second episode of our podcast, our first formal review, we did rich, hon- rich white honky blues. By mm-hmm. Hank Williams Jr. It's mm-hmm. bad. It is. It's a boisterous, very horny album. Mm-hmm. If you want to hear a guy go off about how much pussy he gets in Alabama, or, you know, people he thinks are bitches, and there you go, listen to that album. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and of course, we have our group, our meme group, mm-hmm. called the Cheeseburger Blues Podcast Catch-Up Posting, mm-hmm. where I've been posting usually at least once a day with blues memes or, like, Stuff related to like our latest episode. Mm-hmm. So I po- so during that part, I discovered a uh, video which uh, is from a tribute to Bocephus at, from CMT Giants, which was a program where they honored Hank Williams Jr. with various artists coming up performing his songs. Okay, and uh, 
I was shocked to discover that it starts with Kid Rock doing a blues song, a blues rock song. Oh my God. And to give you a little preview of like the kind of shit you would expect <laughs> to listen to on the cheeseburger blues. And exploration, he pulled a fucking stunt on me. An exploration into dad blues rock. This is a stunt. All we, right. We are going to play Kid Rock, the one dad oh blues rock God. song that I could find Kid Rock performing. Hit me. You ready for this? Yes. We're almost done, dude. I'm. I'm not. That was a. That was a comedic sarcasm. Okay, I see. (laughs) All right, here we go. Just some introduction with with Angie here talking. Okay. So that's where it came from. That's a dog. The truth is always stranger than what you can make up. CMT Giants, Hank Williams Jr. There's Kid Rock. This is color corrected really yellow. Is it from sometime when Baking Breaking Bad was coming out? No, no, this is 2007. Breaking Bad was coming out in 2007. Oh, well, maybe then. Yeah, everything got color-corrected yellow. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, so Kid Rock, he's got on his uh, cowboy hat. He's not wearing a shirt, but he's wearing a fur coat. Sing a blues song dedicated to Hank Jr. No, it's Kid Rock. Man, I wish that he was actually doing a poor job singing so that I could rag on it. Well, (laughs) uh, Anthony Fantano reviewed his big single, you know, Ain't nobody gonna tell me how to live. (laughs) One thing Fantano noted when he started rapping, like, man, Kid Rock, over 20 years later, is married to that flow. Like he is not deviating from it at all. No, he is he dedicated. Knows his thing. He, he is dedicated. Field he is dedicated. Yeah. He is dedicated to that fucking flow. So I have to give him props for it. Like I said. Oh, well, like I said, I like him as a rapper. So. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little feedback in going on. That's very unprofessional, CMT. That is the Ruger label. <laughs> Guns. You can reach those high notes. So yeah, there you go. Uh, the only instance I could find of Kid Rock doing Dad Blues Rock. You pulled a fucking trick on me. Wait, how was that a trick? You tricked. You trick or treated. 
I, I don't get it, man. Come on. I. It's a trick. I didn't know you. Were, I didn't know you were gonna do that. You, you, you said you're. We were gonna. We were gonna talk about the cheeseburger podcast. We did. But you segued with Kid Rock expertly, but I didn't realize that you were leading to an actual Kid Rock blues oh, cover. Okay. Like, I, do you fucking tricked me? Is what? <laughs> no, you've done. I did not trick you. I bamboozled. Yeah, I've been bamboozled. Well, wow. Well, overall, what do you think of that performance? I dislike Kid Rock significantly. All right. But objectively, it was a great performance, except for that spot of feedback. It was really weird. The horn section was fucking sick. I don't like Hank Williams Jr. Period. Well, that was a cover of a Hank Jr. song, so who who you think did who you think did better? Hank Jr. or Kid Rock? Kid Rock. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go, folks. That is a preview of the Cheeseburger It really blues, is, though. Tricks An exploration to that blues rock. You can check out all your Spotify, not just Spotify, all your podcast feeds. We have a link tree for it, which I can't remember the URL at the yeah. moment. I'll put in the notes. He digs it up, and I get bamboozled. Yeah, and a new episode actually goes up later tonight. Mm-hmm. And we're putting them out every Sunday to, like, I don't know, middle of November, I think. Our current schedule, mm-hmm. God willing, until we fucking feel like it is when. Actually, to be to be honest, when you can edit them, when no, you're we're, at, we're, when, we're sticking to the schedule. I can do deadlines. I'm I, Royce Mitchell from Transmetropolitan. That's what you said, isn't it? I know, but you, we're not getting into it. But you just been through some hard shit. I dude. just had a great opportunity to actually remember the fucking attorney. Yeah. Fuck it, we're looking at it. Please, you're the one with the computer here. Who's the goddamn attorney from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? Dr. Gonzo. Hunter. Fuck, come on. Hunter. Hunter S. Thompson. Lawyer, okay. It's actually attorney, but whatever. Oscar Zeta Costa. (sighs) Alright, I am embarrassed. Anyway. Yep, so that there it is. So mm-hmm. with his one glove. Yep. So uh, everyone, check out our new podcast. It's really great. We're I'm proud of the work we did. I'm very excited for it. It is future. good. It's fucking hilarious, dude. I know. I'm very <laughs> proud of it. It's very different than this one. Means more professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we put a lot of work into it. It's something we should be proud of. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's a good one, man. I would I would listen to it. I, I listen to it. <laughs> yeah, you're editing it. I am. That's why I felt bad for the third episode. I'm like, God, he's got to listen to three hours of this shit again. It's going to happen. Don't worry. It's coming out. Well, God bless you, Zach. I'm glad for the work you do. I truly do appreciate it. Appreciate working with you, being around you. Of course. I could just kiss you right now. <laughs> We've got sides of the table for a reason. Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> it's painted like a cartoon bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, that's the show, man. Uh, <laughs> over two hours of podcasting. Probably the last one that you and I are going to do for this year. Mm-hmm. A total of two podcasts you appeared on this year. I've been sparsely populated. I know. I've been busy. I've been busy with literary stuff, which is why mm-hmm. this this season of GSP has been pretty wonky. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go out strong. I got some more interviews lined up for the end of the year. Yeah. I've been busy standing by laughing hysterically as my entire life unravels in front of me. <laughs> yeah. 
Somewhat willingly, kind of. All right. Here's my thing, though. If the dream's got to die, kill it yourself. God damn it. <laughs> Gotta be optimistic. God kill believe. your babies. Gotta believe. <laughs> Says Parappa the Rapper. <laughs> all right. Uh, Kick. Punch. It's all in the mind. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> all right. We're ending it. You got work to do. I got to go see Bad Religion. Halas. Uh, thank you, everyone, for uh, listening. Uh, Zach, thank you for being on. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, promo time. Anything you would like to promote? Um, drugs. You know, this is where you uh, promote our new podcast. Fire your therapist. Don't take antidepressants. Join Scientology. No. <laughs> Stop drinking. You're doing all right. All right. Well, folks, like I said, Cheeseburger Blues, Exploration to Dad Blues Rock, available now. I'll link it. I got my uh, my other podcast. I got three podcasts now. This one's called A Ride of My Own, where it's a more conventional radio NPR-ish podcast where I just play 20 of my favorite folk punk, anti-folk, indie folk, weird folk, just folk stuff that I really like. It's for the folks. Yep. It's uh, two episodes in, even though it's supposed to be monthly, perhaps bi-weekly, but man, I've just been so busy with our shit. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully I'll get the third episode out sometime this week. But yeah, check it out. It's uh, I have it available for download on archive.org because uh, I'll probably get in trouble with copyrights if I put it on regular streaming platforms. <laughs> yeah, uh, check out my website, garrishalke.tumblr.com. Uh, still on Twitter, even though Elon's going like, to start charging a dollar a year to use it. Which I'm not never gonna pay. Fuck you, Elon. At Garrett Schalke. And uh Yeah, uh that's it. We're done. Bye. What a, what a shitty podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna kill myself after seeing Bad Religion tonight. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh my god. Don't don't send the cops after me, please. This yeah. is a this is comedy, not a joke. Trigger warning. All right, Zach. Thanks for being on again, dude. Sure. And thank you, folks, for listening. Here is the outro song. Stop fucking laughing. (laughs) Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, rest and piss, Anthony Kumio. Freezing in Kalamazoo Vibin' buzzing off a black I'm out of think of you in hotel rooms Half a bottle cause I'm stuck on you Baby, I don't want no other But you hate me and I hate me too I'm making money moves Popping for some junkie loser I talk to Zan about my problems with my childish humor It's really damn inside this helmet I don't want to lose her I'm on a diet of Sirocco chicken ramen noodles Fucking music all depressing and I hate it Used to say how we forever, guess you changed it I see you working, quit the drugs, I hope you make it I hope they love and don't just wanna see you naked I fucked it up the moment I showed you I'm insecure I swear the juice was right when he said never do that But I don't play pretend, I know I've never been the lying kind So I just showed you me with all my flaws, but that was suicide My mental health been getting worse, but all the music booming Drinking coffee 4 a.m. cause for the moon I'm shooting It's really difficult to live with all these boulders up Like I just miss you, come fuck me when I sober up Freezing in Kalamazoo Vibe and buzzing off a of black I'm out of think of you in hotel rooms Half a bottle cause I'm stuck on you 
Maybe I don't want no other But you hate me and I hate me too It's kinda gross to see you talk to someone different Guess every I love you was the same Cause you ain't meant to Never sober but demented My mindset is cemented If I listen to my friends Then all this shit would be prevented Slow down and analyze your anime Is it her or the boy with Cody Pen and say? She told us talk, she keeps texting while she's next to me But it's all fake, it's give and take, you told my energy And all that pity that you wear, it's always shit to me I Thought I saw a side, but it's bullshit synchronicity She said I'll pray, oh well, it's all be shit to me I pray dead, a dickhead, but seems like they are healthy Don't help me I got it Only speak my thoughts if it's over free for profit I'm honest Not playtent Being right and damaged bitches made me so complacent I hate it I'm drowning Words could not come out the fact I lived is still astounding I'm falling Not crashing Moments slowly never put my heart in something lasting Freezing in Kalamazoo Vibe buzzing off a block and not a think of you in hotel rooms Half a bottle cause I'm stuck on you Maybe I don't want no other But you hate me and I hate me too Freezing in Kalamazoo Vibing buzzing off a black and mod I think of you in hotel rooms Half a bottle cause I'm stuck on you Baby I don't want no other But you hate me and I hate me too